thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own BroBasket or choose from a variety of different BroBaskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, BroBaskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Ridge. All right, welcome to Sporty. Number 18. All right, who's number 18? Peyton Manning. Oh, well, there we go. There you go. Is there that any, was easy. Yeah, is there any more definitive number 18? Probably not. Kyle Busch. NASCAR. <laughs> oh, that's true. We do, you know, NASCAR not often talked about on the show, but hey, it is true. All right. Fair child, Golden State Warriors. <laughs> there you go. So this week, uh, interesting week, huh? For, to say the least. Uh, for for everything, but uh, uh, I guess we've had uh, the last few days here. Uh, we are recording on uh, Wednesday night, uh, October 12th, uh, the kickoff of the NHL season. We'll get to that. I'm sure at some point, but uh, a lot of the the headlines from the political arena bleeding over into the sports area because of uh, well, what's the phrase been this week? Locker room talk. Locker room talk. Yeah, and uh, I'd like to indict uh, most of my brethren with a penis this week because I don't know, blatantly lying. I guess is <laughs> I'm not gonna we don't mince words. That's why we're we gonna start now. Like I get the PC game and everything, but I mean, guys. I mean, I, I know I, I know we are all on the same page with this. Like these motherfuckers are lying. Flat yeah. out. But we're not famous, so we can sit here and tell you that they're lying. I just, I mean, I it doesn't just, matter about it. Doesn't matter about fame, man. It matters about the fact that this is this is the dishonesty that is ex- that is expected if you want to keep keep a a clean record with the 
social justice and hashtag generation. Basically, you can't tell the truth. Yeah, can't tell them. Which is ironic because now, don't these people want the truth? Isn't that kind of their mo? Real talk. Well, f- well, first of all, I, I've I've watched since the, those tapes leaked. I've watched outrage more from. Oh my God! He said he just he wants to fuck a married woman, and because he's Grab famous, another woman's pussy. Because he's famous and he has money, that he can just kiss and 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 and, and grab a woman's pussy. And then it's now morphed into because enough people came out, and and Earl has a point. Enough people who aren't famous came out and said that are guys and said, "Get the fuck out of here!" What? Because he said pussy. Because he said grab a woman's pussy. Ladies, if you think that is the worst thing a guy can say, then one, you're fucking delusional, and two, you're a fucking liar yourself because you all talk just as fucking nasty when you have a guy around who's either A, a child, and so you think he's not picking up on what you're saying with your girl talk, B, you don't want to fuck, so you don't care about how how you come off looking to him, so you talk any type of way to him, or C, he's related to you, like a brother or maybe a guy in a friend zone. Who knows? But anyways, guys have heard the shit women have said, and... First of all, for women to act, oh my god, oh, oh, he said, he said pussy. Okay, well, when we come out and say, get the fuck over yourselves, now it's changed to, we're not upset about he said grab their pussy, or he, he said pussy, and he wants to fuck a married woman. We're upset that he is basically advocating sexual assault. Okay, uh, you know, I, I, I'll roll, I'll roll with that one. Okay, I'll roll with that punch. Okay, so, He's advocating sexual assault. Let's be honest. Let's look at context here. He was sitting there talking to some fucking D-list douchebag who fucking is a host of one of those stupid reality tabloid shows. And I think that guy got railroaded because all that guy, the, that guy's job is to pretty much be a yes man, and that's what he was doing. He was yes man and Donald Trump. Well, Trump was big time, and I'm talking some shit. I mean, I'm not trying to, to downplay what he said, but at the same time, that's what really happened. And this, and this guy's losing his job now because much fuck, he was doing much, his job 11 years ago. How much, how much tape do you think they have if it hasn't just been destroyed because no one gives a shit about the show anymore? Or at one point had of Robin Leach when he was visiting millionaires and shit. How, mu- how, mu- how much tape do you think they have that they never aired that would never be airable of... Shit that those millionaires would be horrified if it leaked. I bet this I is mean, a tape of you uh, Brenner talking about grabbing him in the pussy. I'll be honest with you. As someone who went to school for, for and same thing with Chris, and Chris has worked in the media, how about, how about this? How about shit that happens between newscasters or between people on the set during a commercial? Come the fuck out, man. All right. Now, if you want to, if, if their argument is, well, he's advocating sexual assault. Do you really think he's advocating sexual assault? Is he actually saying, "I support going out there and doing this"? No. I've heard it to where a woman's so mad that they're like, "That's how you get a Brock Turner." I was like, "Okay, first of all, Brock Turner did it. Trump talked about it." Well, see, that's that's another thing that is sadly part of our our reality today is that. What you say carries more weight than your actions. And that's how come we have people running around wanting to get 
sportscasters fired. See, because Earl, you weren't with us, but Stephen A. Smith picked against uh, the Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. And the city of Toronto threw a shit fit. This was one of our very first episodes we covered this. He had to go on air at ESPN and apologize to the city of Toronto for picking against them. Wow. And they were playing the Cavs. I remember. Okay. It's fucking ridiculous. Really, people? Really? I mean, look, I get it, okay? I really honestly get it. I don't like Trump. No need to go into fucking the, the, the reasons why, but there's plenty of reasons to look at the guy and go, this guy's a fucking idiot, besides this. And... For people to act like this is, oh my god, so horrible. How, how, could, how could anyone ever talk like that? Get the fuck out of here, man. People do Seriously, talk like be, that. Be honest. And then here's the other thing. is people coming out, and this is what I love. Because this, this is the world we live in. And these are the fools that we fucking deal with on a day-to-day basis. We deal with these, these hyper-agenda-driven, far-left... Far left feminist, okay, and I use that term feminist. I wouldn't even call them feminists, but that's what they call themselves, so I give them the benefit of the doubt. Whatever. All right, but they say all this bullshit about, well, I've been around men all my life, and I'm a tomboy, and I've never heard men talk like that, and real men don't talk like that. Okay, fine, but we're talking about when you're not around. That's what we're talking about. Or we're talking about when we think you can't hear us. That's when we're talking about, no, 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 no. Real men don't talk that way. Flip the script on this. If all three of us were to somehow have any type of large enough voice to say, let's say Hope Solo had said, yeah, so I just walk up to you know NFL players, I just grab them right by the dick. Okay? That's because I'm Hope Solo. I got it like that. All right? Just hypothetically. And we come out and we said, you know, and women were like, oh, well, of course she shouldn't have said it, but come the fuck on. You really think she's going up and grabbing players by the dick? Do you really think that's 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 what's happening? How she just walks up to someone in the club, hey, nice to meet you, and starts shaking her fucking cock. Come on now. Shows them her butthole. And we tried to explain, you know, and, and we pulled we pulled basically what, what they pulled in response to that. They would go, you're mansplaining. Stop mansplaining to me. What's going on here? Okay, well, ladies, guess what? We're men. You're not. We know what happens when you're not in a room. Stop telling me what I've seen with my own eyes and heard with my own ears isn't true. It's rape culture. <laughs> I, I mean, then you got it's, ridic- it's, it's ridiculous. And on top of it, I love... Because I'm pretty sure where you where you were trying to segue, but I just got to get this in real quick. I love how not only is it bad enough that I mean, because okay, what, flat out what he said is 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 political suicide for anybody else, and it might turn out to actually be for him in the end. Who knows, dude? This week it's but he he's he's imploding. It's going to be an entertaining next thirty days. I'll tell you that one. But continue. I'll I mean, tell you this: I don't think he's imploding. Really, I don't. That's why people want to vote for this motherfucker. Okay, Seriously. well, that's not okay. Hold on, that's neither here nor there. What I'm saying yeah. is, is that he is his reaction to this shit and and whatever 
any other politician have been done with for whatever motherfuckers got more lives than a cat. So that's just the way it is. But fuck, I lost my train of fucking thought. God damn it! Fuck, I, I, I whatever. I, I, two minutes from now, it's going to come to me, and it's gonna, we're going to be fucking fifty miles down the road. All right, whatever. All so, I'm saying is, this is why people vote for Donald Trump. He says it like it is. He's not controllable. He's not bashful. He's not political correct. He is what is. Every man, just like you said, Rich, every man has said these words. Thought it, said it, said worse than it. it, it if it becomes public, we're going to be like, well, come on, I didn't say that. Come on, I, that wasn't me. Stop it. That wasn't me. Well, we did say you that know? on last Saturday's Unregimented. Uh, on iTunes, ChristopherMedia.net, that this is another video of him talking like regular people. This might... I mean, the, I mean, if you've been near a TV or a computer, anything with a screen for the last four or five days, I mean, he is getting just torched in the media, but at the same time, it's it's another thing for people in the Midwest and the Rust Belt, for the, you know, down south, be like, hey, look, he talks like me. Listen, it's context. Context is lost in this entire fucking thing. And that's the problem with these fucking people who are sitting here flipping out about it and trying. Because this is what I was getting to. It's not bad enough that they have to go after him for what he said. They have to go around and they have to shove microphones in people like, mm, I don't know, Tom Brady's fucking face. Okay. And ask him, well, uh, you support Donald Trump for president. So what do you think about what he said? Really? Really? They got to go around asking fucking players out of the Detroit Lions who haven't been, I don't know, relevant in what, two seasons now for Golden Tate? Yeah. Okay. They have to go ask LeBron James. Ooh. They have to go, basically, they have to go to men and they have to get them to play their fucking. Okay. Now, you have to show enough shame and be contrite enough for all men because of what he did. Oh, yeah. And it's like, first. I'm sorry, go ahead. You mean like this? What is locker room talk to me? It's not what they got said. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't disrespect women in no shape or fashion in our locker room. That never comes up. You know, I got... He's in the um, NBA. Owner, owner, Ryan, everybody. A wife, a mom, a daughter. And those conversations just don't go on our locker room. What goes on in our locker room is sporting events that happened the night before, about family, about strategies that we may have that night, um, about a, a highlight that may have happened. You know, it was a home run in the bottom of the ninth, or it was an alley-oop dumped from a player the night before. That's what happens in our locker room, but... Fucking liar. That guy was saying that's not... I don't know what that is. That's trash talk. You're a goddamn liar. He's a Bullshit. Okay, so all I got to say is, go to uh, Terry Foster... Here in Detroit, he was in the, the Bad Boys documentary for you national people who might not be here in Detroit, and ask him about, he don't even have to give names, just ask him for stories about the going-to-work Pistons and the shit they'd talk about and the shit they'd do while the reporters were in the room. Well, shit, look at Dennis Rodman. I mean, dude, I'm not, you notice no one's saying anything. That's because <laughs> no one's going to argue with you on that. I'm just saying, man, it happens. Look at Kobe Bryant. He don't disrespect women? Get the fuck out of here. Go ask Mike Tyson about disrespecting women. It happens. I'm, I'm so, Okay, but once again, and hey, that is a valid point. Mike Tyson was convicted of sexual assault, slash, as we used to call it back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, when we were kids, apparently, because we're cavemen out of touch with reality, is rape. Okay, 
uh, Kobe Bryant was accused of rape. How many NBA, NBA, MLB, NHL, NFL, NASCAR, golf? Has Kobe Bryant come out with a statement about this? How many players? How many players are accused? Uh, Every well, I mean, I guess is the paychecks get get lower. Probably the less we hear about it. I wish you weren't a liar. 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 My bad. (laughs) Okay, but but. I'm pretty sure that most of those guys know that at any minute, or they they can point you in the direction of another player who's been hit with, you know, some form of paternity suit. See, in like or, a running joke in the NBA is like how many kids half these dudes have. Well, see, once again, yeah, if you're racist, according to everybody, see, because everything that's everything. So doing a head racist, count of Sean Kemp's kids is racist. Everything's racist. Everything's sexist. Okay. Well, yeah, for the next yep, for the last eight, eight years, everything you did was racist. Now, for the next four, everything you do is going to be sexist. Right? And now we've gotten to, now we've gotten to the point where context is lost in this. Okay. Yes. One, what he said is pretty fucking shocking to hear a gentleman who's running a gentleman. Uh, that's no scratch that. That ain't even a proper term. Pretty shocking to hear somebody who's running for president say that shit. And say it as cavalier and as casually and as off the cuff as he did. But, but that's it, though, Rich. He's but, running but, for president on the I'm the everyday American. I guess yeah, he's a billionaire, but he's an everyday guy. Okay, I got you. But what I'm saying is, context is he's trying to impress a fucking talking head jerk off from a news tabloid, from an entertainment tabloid show. Okay? It's no the different. Billy if you if you take context out of a situation like that, it's no different than when I've seen people talk about like female comedians who are you know push a social justice agenda, and they go, "Oh, well, men always got to make everything about themselves. If we talk about rape, they'll bring up they'll bring up being raped in prison, and then they crack a prison joke." Okay, if I take that out of context and I just tell you that this woman is sitting there making fun of men who are raped in prison. You'd go, oh man, what the fuck's wrong with her? But if I told you she was cracking a joke, and I gave you the context of what she said, it changes everything. It's not like this man is sitting on the dark web typing out how tos to chloroform and have a sex sleeve in your fucking basement and passing it around. All right, the context of it was he was trying to. Chris said the exact right words. He was big timing himself, trying to be a fucking big shot to Billy fucking Bush. Who the fuck is Billy Bush? Nobody. Even 11 years later, he's a fucking nobody. That's my cousin. Cousin Billy lost his job. Uh, well, they really good, are cousins good for him. We researched this a couple podcasts ago. I'm not thinking the Weedsman. They really are. They're, H.W. is his uncle. So it uh, is. What? though It is those Bushes. But at the same time, Rich, the women are trying to come off like they've never done it. They've never said it. They never do these types of things. Even though we all know they got a playgirl, they've seen it, they've thought it, they've talked to their little friends about it. You know, they they got a commercial for Tums Medicine now where a fireman with no shirt and just a fireman coat slides down a pole talking about heartburn. Yeah, and how many six pack abs and shit? How many dudes have wrote in like I am outraged. This is objectifying the male body. Please discontinue. No, 
It's because all the housewives are watching the TV and making all the money decisions generally with advertising, and that's what they're going to fucking do. And all of a sudden, they have indigestion and heartburn. <laughs> it's crazy. I get, I get indigestion every fucking day. It's, it's nuts. And I'd well, also like too, if, if if you believe what you've read in or if, you know in social media or heard from the media all weekend, apparently sexism just happened over the weekend, and Donald Trump invented it. That's another thing that's really bugging the shit out of me too. Oh, absolutely. But I, and I, I get with them. I'm like, Rich, okay, maybe he's promoting rape culture, whatever. I, whatever. Hey, it's been finding okay, your rap music for the last 30 years. No one's been bitching. Exactly. Don't sit back and act like women don't do it, too. It's just... A- that, that's the problem. These people that, that get this shit started, okay, most of, the, most of the people that I know, the first words out of their mouth when they heard what he said was, oh, shit, his political career is over. That's an honest reaction. Okay. All this... Oh, well, because he said that, and that douchebag, Billy Bush, laughed. Billy Bush laughing is the reason for rape culture, or the reason for people like Brock Turner, or it's just, oh, fuck. Really? 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 That's the reason? It's not the fact that that, that, that Billy Bush is a fucking Z-level douchebag who was laughing because he figures, fuck it, I... If I can buddy up to a celebrity, I can maybe get ahead a little bit in this business. Well, even too, when you host a show like that, the guy's a guest on your show, you're just yes-manning him. You know what I'm saying? Like that, I think that's what it was. Guy was on his show, he was yes-manning him, doing what he had to fucking do, because that's what you do when you do those shows. You fucking kiss those people's ass, stakes coming on the show, you want them to have a good experience, and... Like I, I think Billy Bush got railroaded. I mean, I saw the shit on John Oliver, which was funny. But at the same time, he was all Billy Bush was doing was his job back in two thousand five. And see, here, here I sit. I'm just like, I don't care what the man said. I love it. I love that he said it because I talked like that. I'm voting against the machine. Go Trump. Well, it's fucking retarded that we're even sitting here having this conversation. Yeah. On a sports thing, but like I said, one on a sports on a sports show. But they brought locker room talk. That's the, that's been the phrase this week. Okay, because and, it is, and that's wonderful. But it just once again, like I said, you knew, you knew, you knew. If you had half a brain, that the whole we have to apologize for the entire gender, the entire male gender was coming. And there's nothing more that SJWs love because most of them secretly hate sports. We've went over this too. These are people that will go out and protest shit against sports, but they never watch sports. They're, they just they don't like it. Well, I don't like the fact that not everybody wins. Oh, then oh, you know what? Shit. You don't have to you like sports. What? You should have checked out of life a long time ago because guess what? There's a whole lot of losers in life, honey. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, but Rich, that, there's them, and then there's the other women that will sit there and listen to your favorite booty song and come up with a word like twerk and shake their ass at I'll, the games. I'll beat that bitch with a bat. I'll beat that bitch. They'll, See what I'm saying? They'll dance to that. And, and, they'll, and they'll be popping and locking and dropping and hopping and doing all kinds of shit. But Donald Trump said pussy. Well, is it even a question that it's a fucking double standard? No. no. I mean, to me, it's not. You're not, not allowed I'm to not, say it is. We're saying like, it, but you're not allowed like, to say it is. Like, Earl, I get it. 
your this is your third show on this show. But Chris and I have been doing a show together for going on two and a half years now. Right. And I, I, Chris, are you shocked by the hypocrisy and double standards anymore, or is it not just anymore. part of course? The first, it's, the first I'm shocked year, they're not. First year, or so I was, but now it's just like, hey, whatever, we're dumb. <laughs> like I, used to, I, used I laugh to, now. I used to literally do a show where we'd talk about a subject, and it would just be dripping with hypocrisy, and 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 false equivalencies and assumptions about one group of people over another group of people, and it used to really bother me. And now I'm so desensitized to it that if I didn't see it, that's the only way it would shock me. And I understand that. I'm just going to call it like I see it. He said some bad things. Hillary's done some bad things. Athletes have to lie to keep their jobs. I'm voting for Trump. He's not the machine. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Why the fuck? Let's let's stop and think here for a second. Go. Why are, are beat reporters in sports sticking microphones in athletes faces and going what do you think about the Donald Trump situation because if fans see their favorite heroes LeBron Brady the big names going oh Trump's a bad guy then the sheep the huddled masses are going to go Trump's a bad guy they're not going to look at it and go fuck he talks just like I do okay you're concentrating on the the fact that you're okay you're concentrating on the fact that that's your boy so you have a vested interest in rooting for him, and so you're looking at anything like that as an attack. It's not even all that deep, dude. It's just well, a it's matter just of I guess we have to placate our we have to placate our, ourselves enough for the for the 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 squeaky wheel that's running around. Let's go to the authorities no, on locker room talk. Look, no one is saying that, that if no one is. I'm not saying. That if you're a woman, you don't have a right to be shocked, upset, disgusted by what he said. That's, hey, you have every right to feel any kind of way you want to feel about it. Knock yourself out. All right. But this has gone beyond this. This is now, you have the people who spoke out like, oh my God, I'm disgusted. How can you say that? Fellow Y chromosome holders, stop lying. That is what we are saying. And then you have people who are like, let's get off the high horse and off of Mount Pius and be real. Exactly. We're talking about a guy who sat there and tried to impress a nobody. It's really kind of pathetic that a grown-ass 59-year-old man has to try to impress some douchebag, some blow-dried talking head he just fucking met. But hey, that's, that's, that, that's what the fuck the situation really is. But I'll bring this up. It, Isn't that part of being a dude? Like, yeah. If if there's if there's like more than like if there's more than one dude in the room, isn't one dude gonna try to outshine and impress and emerge as the alpha in the room? Isn't that just like instinctual in us? Chris, Chris, I'll do you one better because you you haven't known me that long, but Rich has known me twenty something years. How many times have I showed up in my car, in my truck, with my stereo, flashing cash at a bar? I'm the big man on campus, right? Yeah, you've been known to do that. Okay, and I 100% agree with you. But like, does that come have, with the penis? Like, isn't that kind of an instinct thing? I'm not trying to defend what he's doing, but, like, doesn't that kind of come with the, the testosterone? Male pride. Good old-fashioned male chauvinistic pride, yes. Yes, it does. But as Trump is finding out, as I have found out, that shit comes with a price. 
if you're willing to pay the price, by all means, have at it. Yeah. Well, he, he's not going to be president. I'll tell you that. Like he's. He, I think he is. I really do. He lives in his own bubble because he has enough fame and money to live in that bubble. He lives in Trump world. That's just all there is to it. He doesn't understand he that there's a set of rules that we as a society play by because he doesn't have to play by them because he, he's, he's powerful enough to go, that's not what I want to fucking do, so I'm going to do what I want to do. And when someone doesn't like it, I'll throw money in the situation until it goes away. And guess what? Everybody has their price. Everybody. Now, see, and I want you to understand me here. I don't think he would be a great president. I don't think he's qualified for the office. I don't think he knows half or even a quarter of what it takes. What I think is going to happen, and which I wish to God would happen, is he would go in there and fuck things completely up so bad that every red-blooded American can hold hands and march our ass to the Capitol and take this country back. That is what I hope happens. He's like, damn, Pookie, let's burn this motherfucker to the ground. (laughs) That's where I'm at, man. I mean that's that's like that makes for nice like like NRA dreams and like you know wet dreams and shit. The reality is, people in this country don't give a fuck enough to march and do anything. And if, in the minute the fucking people start getting fucked up for doing that, that's when pe- you're going to see a, a, the bitch come out in a whole lot of people. Is the march going to have free of- Wi-Fi? That's that's our country's question. <laughs> Exactly. Well, the because we will the revolution have Wi-Fi access because you can march here if you give up Facebook for a month. <laughs> we've 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 talked about it before on this show and on other shows, and the truth is is that people see and hear about historical revolutions and go, yeah, fuck yeah. That's because people are self-centered and narcissistic to an extent. And some people a lot more than others, obviously. And they seem they seem to, to have this fantasy world where they're the gonna when the, when the smoke clears, they're gonna be the ones, you know, it's gonna be like some cinematic bullshit garbage Michael Bay movie, and this it's gonna be in slow motion. And there's gonna be all this fog, and then you're just gonna see this one person hoisting the American flag up, you know, with "Don't tread on me" right underneath it, and it's gonna be them. And they're going to be the hero of the revolution when the truth is most revolutions, the first fucking few, oh, I don't know, thousand people through the door are bullet sponges. And you don't know if you're going to fight, if, if the cause you're fighting for, you're going to succeed for. So you're, it's not guaranteed. This is not a Hollywood movie. This is not Braveheart. This ain't the Patriot. This is real fucking life. And when people start realizing that, they're going to go, fuck it, man. I'm just going to go back to my TV and watch Dancing with the Stars because that's a lot safer than catching bullets and being run over by fucking half-tracks and shit. Yeah, but Rich, you live in Detroit, brother. How long is it going to be where you live where your TV is stolen and bullets are flying through your windows anyways? Okay, you're describing a war zone. And as bad as Detroit is, it's not that bad, dude. Come on now. I, it hasn't changed that much since I've been gone. Oh, God. Really? Really? Are you going to play that stereotype? That the Detroit is oh, stereotype. 
oh my God, you can't own anything in Detroit for more than five seconds because somehow everybody in the neighborhood knows they're going to rob you. Dude, yes, there are east side of Detroit, I would not live. You could not pay me to live on the east side of the city. Bottom line. East side is, is, is probably as close to a war zone and a free fire zone as we have in this country. Maybe Chicago is worse right. at the moment. That's how we do it on the east side. All right. But I've lived on the west side of Detroit. I've lived in, in Brightmore. I've lived in southwest Detroit. And it's not like that. Come on, dude. Come on. You're, you're right. You're right. It's not. But how long do you think it's going to take before it gets there? Well, all I know is that there ain't really enough people left in Detroit to, for it to be yeah. that big of a fucking deal. Yeah. yeah. If, they yeah. Start, if they start burning down Detroit, you know, all they're doing is clearing out the empty buildings and houses so they're saving the city money on demolition. Right, no. and that's and that yeah, first, always is my first point. Start. It was fine when the poverty level was just for the people in poverty and the poor, okay. But the poverty level has rose, risen above the middle class and is reaching the bottom of the upper class, okay. And that's the majority of freaking people, my friend. Yeah, dude. There's this. Yeah, the constant that's how slide. Get, listen, that's how you get Black Lives Matter. That's how you get Occupy Wall Street. That's how you get all of these things. It's not going to take too much more to tip the fucking tea into the harbor, my friend. Dude, I got you. I, I know what you're saying. I know where you're coming from. It's just not going to happen. I think it's it not. Is. It's it. That's that's for the people that are huddled in their 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 basement, and they got their gun collection and their MREs and their canned food and their water supply for six months, and they got their bug out bags and all this bullshit. That's that's. That's their little wet dream fantasy of what's going to happen in this country. The truth is, people are apathetic. They don't give a fuck enough to go out there and do this shit. All right? Look at half the fucking riots that have happened in response to police shootings. They start off as demonstrations, and then the idiots wake up and they go, Oh, shit, there's a big group of people down there. That means we go down there, act a fool, and be comfortable, or not comfortable, but be hid by the fact that we're in a big group and there's numbers of people around us. So they go start the shit. The shit pops off. The demonstrators fucking go home because they don't want to be caught in the middle of that shit. And now you got literally rioters and looters down there. It's nothing more than opportunity. They're not rioting to try to to, 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 to get a cause across. These are, these are people who don't give a shit about a cause. And Rich, I, I, when, when I'm talking to you, I'm listening and I'm like, damn it, I am living a dream. I hope, my hope is that he becomes president, okay, and that he runs this place so far into the ground that we have to go take it back from the government. But my fear, my ultimate fear, and the reality of the situation is you're right. You're 100% right. People as a whole don't care enough to do that anymore. And they will riot, and they will loot, and they will get what's coming to them. And unfortunately, I think how this is going to end it's probably in a nuclear war, and then nobody's going to be around to talk about it. And that's pretty much the last thing I want to say about it, because that's pissing me off, because that's true. You're right. Talk about sports? Uh, yeah, uh, apparently LeBron being asked about it ends in nuclear war, so that's what we've come up with. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. It's unfortunate, but that's just, you're right. They don't care enough to do anything about it. He's going to fuck up. Enough to where somebody's going to drop a bomb. Well, regardless of whether Damn. that happens or not, all right. Welcome to the darkest sporgy ever. 
it just goes it just it, it to bring it back to what we we started talking about it's just a bunch of fucking nonsense and you have a bunch of athletes who are sitting there basically going boy do I like making ridiculous amounts of money to play what essentially is a kid's sport? Or do I want to tell the truth? I think I'm going to feed the media some bullshit. All right? I'm fucking sorry. I, I, yes, I haven't played college football or professional baseball or hockey. But I have a hard time believing, very hard time believing, that a bunch of jocks in a room jousting for position to set up the, you know, the alpha males and all this bullshit. With massive egos. And they're eggshell fragile, so they got to be fed constantly, are going... Uh, that They don't talk like that anymore. You know how I know it's that all it's, bullshit? It's, it, it died with our generation. You know how I know that it's we, all bullshit? It's because I bet you 100% the three of us and all these dudes that are sitting there denying it, I bet you... Uh, Little League is all where we heard our first dirty jo- joke, more than likely. That was told to you by somebody else. I mean, that's to, I mean, that's taking it to another, the, the next extent. I mean, it's, it, it goes on, you know. It starts when you're in Little League, telling dirty jokes, and then it continues. And don't act like it doesn't. Well, on top of that, I know for a fact, I have friends whose kids, when they were real young, they started off playing co-ed soccer. Where they put the boys and the girls on the same teams, fucking five, six-year-old children, and if you and and kids forget that sound travels, and kids' indoor voice is screaming at the top of their lungs, something that would that would literally shred our vocal cords is their normal inside voice. So when you get them out there and they're screaming, you can hear the I kick you in the dick, and that's from a female to a to a male, at six, five, six years old. Really. Okay, and now is it good sportsmanship? No, not really. But, I mean, let's be honest. Is it shocking that you're going to hear that? If that was a bunch of teenage boys and girls playing against each other, would you be shocked if you heard that on the field? Are we shocked when they have microphones behind the hockey nets and when there's a scrum behind the net, you hear an occasional fuck you or suck my dick or kiss my ass? No. And then he kicked him in the ding ding. <laughs> What's up? Playing high school football? Are you telling me that that horrible fucking language wasn't used on the field? Oh, as each other was absolutely was all the time. All right, and now now once again, I get where a lot of people are coming from. They're there's they're saying it's not that he said grab. He's not that he said pussy. It says he said, "Grab, grab him by the pussy. Just grab him right in the pussy." Okay. Once again, what's the context of it? Anderson Cooper, you are advocating sexual assault. All right, but once again, I'm going to go back to Mike Tyson here, not because of the rape charge, but when he looked at Holyfield and said, "I'm going to fuck you until you love me." <laughs> well, no, he actually said that to a reporter. Oh yeah, look at you. You're a little scared, white bitch. You're scared of a real man like me. I'll fuck you till you love me, bitch. Yeah, what is that promoting? Prison rape culture. I guess that's we better, we better start racial dating. Yeah. <laughs> it was a beautiful story about a black man and a white man coming together and finding love. Look, it, it, I just... Really? <laughs> one word. One word. Context. Okay? And 
if you want to argue, if you're one of those people that are listening, if you're still listening, if you haven't been so pissed off, we haven't pissed you off so much, you, you turn this off because you're like, oh my God, listen to them explain away and mansplain rape culture. All right, look, you really think Donald Trump was writing a how-to manual on how to rape women and that was page one, lesson one? Fucking be honest. Stop attributing your agenda to what he said by taking what he said out of context and trying to make it something it's not. It's a dumb fucking thing to say. And here's here's the here's the bottom line. It's a dumb thing to say when you got a lavalier mic on you. Once they put a mic on you, Chris, what's the first thing they teach you when they put this mic on us? Act like it's always live. Exactly. Word for fucking word. And you're, you can't tell me he's not media savvy enough 11 years ago to know that. So the fact that he allowed himself to get caught being recorded like that says more about his character and what and what he was thinking. He obviously didn't think he was committing a criminal conspiracy by saying this. He wasn't telling of a story where he actually did do this. He's saying this shit as a goof to get a laugh and to impress a fucking interviewer. I'm just saying, I want to see him go to the Queen of England and grab her pussy. I just... Donald Trump president, period. Oh. The whole thing is just fucking retarded, and, you know, you're not... What, what athlete's going to stand up? Barkley, maybe? <laughs> but to be Her- honest... Harrison? <laughs> to be honest... No. Harrison's just... Telling, he'd probably tell a reporter if he asked him, he'd be like, get the fuck out of my face. It ain't got nothing to do with winning any football games. <laughs> Kobe sticks up for him. <laughs> no, man. I mean, I, it's just like for as progressive as a lot of people in these sports want to want to think want to present them their sport itself as like oh we would be fine with an openly gay you know person in the locker room okay well odds are there already probably are at least a couple gay people in sports. And odds are one of them's a fucking superstar. So when they come out and they're at the height of their career, then we'll, then I'll then I'll then I'll then I'll give them their oh well we're so progressive and this and that. Meanwhile, until the unwritten rule is if you're gay, basically don't ask, don't tell, do your job well enough, and we'll leave you alone about it. Until that attitude changes, don't act like you're progr- you're, you're some fucking bastion and beacon of progressive society. You're a fucking athlete. And let's be honest, athletes are being paid to be children well into their adulthood. They're not forced to grow up. They're not forced to to live in the world we live in. You're telling me they don't take advantage of those liberties from time to time? They don't go to strip clubs and fucking literally throw two, three thousand stacks of ones in in, in by the thousands of dancers? What's up, objectifying? She's a college student. (laughs) You know, Magic Johnson's wife wrote a fucking book about her life with Magic Johnson. And this is his current wife. This is not like an ex-wife who's pissed off because the alimony payments got, got shut off. This is his current wife. And she said flat out, flat out, before they got married, Magic Johnson used to host once a year on by invite male-only party because they had all the hottest strippers from L.A. at that party once a year. And she made a big point in her book about well, how come... She couldn't go if it was just the boys blowing off steam. Okay, first of all... Because every stripper in L.A. is going to be there? 
Exactly. And you're telling me that they were sitting those, they were like, okay, gather around, gentlemen, ladies, put your clothes back on, have a seat. Now we need to explain to you why you're a self-hating woman for doing this because you're feeding the patriarchy. Really, that's what the fuck was going on at those parties? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and for anyone who's sitting there and hears me say that, go, well, that's rape culture. Really? Rape culture? Who's getting raped in that situation? Back to your point, Rich, into the WWE. Uh, I don't know. I know it's not real and all that good stuff, but do you guys know a guy named Darren Young? No. He was part of the primetime players at the height of his career. He came out and announced he was gay, and they fired him. Shocking. And I remember back in the day there was uh, gold dust. So it's okay to be gay as long as you're in character. Just don't be sucking dick for real in the background. Well, I mean, I understand that, that, that this is a, a the hot subject right now. And unfortunately, it's bled over into sports. Because honestly, for the most part, I really don't give a fuck what athletes think about social issues. I mean, anytime an athlete starts talking about social issues, I basically... I have to go to the eye doctor because I sprayed my eyes from rolling them so hard at anything that falls out of this Cro-Magnum man's mouth. So, I mean, you're, you're an athlete for a reason. You, you, you know, you didn't go to Yale. You didn't, if you're Richard, if you're, if you're, uh, uh, oh shit. Who was the, who was the, uh, safety for Seattle that everybody flipped out on when they caught him on an interview coming off Richard Sherman? Yeah. Yeah. He went to Stanford. If you're Richard Sherman, and you have the edu- the, edu- the you have the educational background to back it up. I might be interested in what he's got to say on subjects, but I'm not interested in what he has to say as a safety in the NFL. I'm interested in what he has to say as someone who's has an education and maybe a different perspective on it than I than I am seeing. I mean, they're just sticking microphones in anybody's face. Here in Detroit, they stuck it in the Golden Tate's face. I mean, really? And if and if didn't did I, I sent that to you guys, right? Chris, yeah, that uh, yeah, that that's not a part of the Lions locker room. Shut how up. how unfucking comfortable did he look answering that question? Like you could tell he was he was lost, but he was like, well, I'm trying to be a leader here in the locker room and on the team. I better better man up and answer this question. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you see what happened with Brady when they asked him his press conference? No, uh, no. Let me look that up. I mean, I, it's, I told, it's totally what I expected Brady to do. Here, I got it. I just sent it to you. Oh, shit, I just realized that might be the... Nope, that's that's the one. Did <laughs> he really do that? Yeah, that's not that's not edited. That's not a own, How would you respond if your kids heard Donald Trump's version of locker room talk? Thank you, guys. Have a good day. <laughs> ha! Ha! <laughs> 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 ha! Ha. Yes, well, that's an athlete right there. Oh, he just okay. gave me another reason to like him. God damn it. <laughs> seriously, seriously. When I saw that, I was like, that's fucking great. That's great, because you know what? And He's not there. You're not paying him for his fucking this. opinion on <laughs> politics. You're paying him to win you fucking football games. Yep. All right. And, hey, he has freedom of speech. If he'd have chose to speak out on it, more power to him. But if he would have been up there and I'd have felt that he's lying his ass off, I'd have also said the same fucking thing. I'd have called his ass out. Mm-hmm. He was smart enough to go, you know what? <laughs> I don't think so, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, nope. <laughs> See you later. Tell me that wasn't that wasn't a Bill answer right there. 
Exactly. Well, Bill wouldn't even have smiled. He'd have just said thank you and walked off. Yeah. At least Brady. And he flashing baby blues and this million dollar smile and said later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Jesus in a hoodie would have just. Yeah, I don't even know if he'd have said thank you. He'd have probably mumbled it to the point where they had to like isolate and slow it down, like this is a Bruder film, to see if that's actually what he said. Because he'd have walked off with that scowl on his face, like, the fuck does this have to do with next week's fucking game? Yeah. This has nothing. nothing to do with football. Speaking exactly. of football, oh, football. the Belichick plan. Oh, we're talking about sports? I mean, yeah, I think we, we we did an hour on locker room talk. Let's talk about, you know, it's a fucked up weekend, man. I mean, uh, first of all, I mean, just, Jesus Christ, let's just get it out of the way now. I mean, uh, Ann Arbor, I mean, it's... I mean the the butter, the the butter's out right. I mean it's everyone's lathered up in it. Like it's what what did I I coined the term maize and blue cocky last yep. weekend. I mean yep. seventy eight nothing God. man. Like Rut, Rutgers. Wait a it's a home game. You didn't even have to take the bus. Would you, <laughs> they send out the practice squad. Like in, uh, yeah, that was that was um, that's the biggest margin of victory I remember Michigan winning by in my lifetime. They said it, I I heard a story on it earlier because uh, the M fanfare. They were talking about the uh, the last time the, the biggest margin of victory because they were telling I was hearing that, that that Ruth Chris story. Sure, you guys have heard about Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Uh, mm-hmm. Eighty-five to nothing was the biggest margin ever. So I think I think Harbaugh was trying to get himself in the history books. Like, was there was there a lot of fallout from uh, him running up the score, or surprisingly, not as mu- not anywhere near what I expected. Which, as I said in our group chat, kind of lends uh, credence to the fact that, or not the fact, but the the theory that the guys from the My- you know University of Miami. The Canes had from back in the day when they used to yell at for running scores up. Mm-hmm. They'd say, well, "What the hell are we supposed to do? We put our backups in. Backups were fresh. What do you want us to do? Take a take a knee for three downs and punt?" And you know, basically, one of their players came out and said, "The whole reason they came after us for running up the score is because we historically weren't a team that had earned the right to do that. We weren't a Notre Dame of Michigan." We were kind of the new kids on the block, and we did it and rubbed your face in it while we did it. And so they didn't like that. And, you know, for I had my doubts about the validity of that statement when I first heard it. Now I kind of think maybe there's something to it because, boy, the real peppers wasn't exactly, you know, not dancing into the end zone. I mean, yeah. dude, fucking... They're pushing. Yeah, can you turn that down just a little bit? That is just blaring into my headphone. I can't hear anything but that. Okay. Um, yeah, they're pushing for him to be the Heisman Trophy representative from Michigan. And what they do, they, they throw him on offense. So basically they're featuring him going, hey, look, Heisman voters, look what else he can do. He's our best, he's, he's the best athlete on the team. I... I'm really kind of shocked I haven't heard more about them running up the score, but 
Then again, I'm, like I said, I've heard a lot about where the hell was Ruggers. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I said in group chat and to you, Chris. How do you hold the ball? How do you hold the ball for 27 minutes and only get a total total of 35 yards and two first downs in a game? You suck ass. That's what you do. That was that was literally watching a game of boys amongst men. Yeah, I mean they just look so inept. I mean they're playing the Pop Warner team. Practicing. Does the entire fucking team have the flu? They're playing all the guys that they cut in the, in the, in the, the early uh, season. Brought them all back for one game. I, I mean, and I don't know about you guys, but I've coached football. I've played football. I, I've been with good teams. I've been with terrible teams. I have never seen a team hold a ball for 27 minutes. It's not like the, the Michigan kept the ball from them. They had it for 27 minutes. That's almost half the damn game. I mean, How do you get 35 yards and two first downs in that time? I mean, I even had the thought of, like, man, you got to come better than that if you're going to be in the Big Ten. Like, that's it's embarrassing to call them part of our conference. Well, that's a subject for a different day, but they are definitely the padding in the Big Ten. I mean, that was... I'm still not used to the Maryland part. being a Big Ten team either. I still think ACC... But I mean, when they, when them when they in Nashville or Nashville, Nebraska, joined the Big Ten, I remember when I heard it, every sports network network was reporting it. Nebraska and a few other teams joined the Big Ten. <laughs> Pretty much told me all I needed to know, and I was like, Rutgers. I mean, besides being the butt of a few jokes and a couple sitcoms here and there through the '90s, I. Really was like, what tradition do they bring to the Big Ten? I think I think it's they're trying to get the New York media markets what they're trying to bring to the Big Ten. Mm, well, because the West Coast is all sewn up with the Pac-12, so. Well, yeah, that was <clears throat> that was uh, that was definitely that was definitely Harbaugh going out there and making a statement because I mean, what Rutgers lost to Ohio State. Dude, Harbaugh was grabbing him in the pussy, all right? (laughs) You know, they lost to Ohio State by 50 points. So you're telling me the minute that 50 points was in his sights, Harbaugh wasn't like, not only do I want to beat them by 50 points, I want to smash them as far beyond 50 points as I can. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That could have been, in his own way, a message (laughs) to Ohio State. It's like fucking, he's he's like Ricky Bobby, like, hey, Urban, I want you to know. Come for you. I don't know Jim Harbaugh personally, but from everything that he puts out there as far as his personality, that's a, that ran through his mind, and that was, yes, one of the main motivating factors. I mean, that's why fans were excited when they when, when, when Michigan got him, because, oh, shit, with Uncle Urban down there in Columbus, Jesus and Khaki's up here, we might have ourselves another 10-year war, you know? Woody's, uh, Woody Hayes has Michigan by the throat, five, six touchdowns down. They score a touchdown. They go for two. They ask him, why would you go for two after the game? And he goes, because they wouldn't let me go for three. That's how much he hated Michigan. No, so, no I mean, I, I get Harbaugh. I get how good Michigan is. I get all of that. I get it. I personally, and, I, and I'm going to stick to this because I can't think of how they did it, how do you have possession of a football for damn near half the game 
and only have 35 yards total offense. I don't know. How do you? I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. Watch the game on Saturday, and Rutgers will demonstrate to you how that can happen. I mean, they just, at every step of the game, it just seems they were outclassed, whether it was offense, defense, special teams. The only thing I changing, can think of is... Changing out their players. Like, every <laughs> every aspect, they were better. Probably a better Gatorade in their cooler. Fucking... The only thing that came to my mind was the Harlem Globetrotters with the Generals, man. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, they're back there. Rutgers is in the backfield. Do, 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 do. Handing the ball off to, like, five, six different people. And that takes, like, a minute and a half of play. I couldn't... I can't grasp my mind around Peppers how you have like football. spinning the football on his finger... And fuck it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I can't. You have the ball for half the fucking game. You only have 35 yards total offense and only two first downs. That's impossible. It's 78, 178 to nothing. I don't give a shit. All right, Michigan's got a big dick. Gotcha. But for half the game, you had that ball. What the hell did you do? Nothing. I mean, it's. You seen it? Nothing. I mean, they they couldn't move the ball at all. Well, I'll make I'll make a confession, okay? Uh, my cable, for whatever reason, didn't carry that game, so I couldn't watch it live. So I was watching highlights as they were being posted. And to be honest with you, I didn't see enough of Rutgers' possessions to be able to tell you if they ran the ball, if they would run the ball for maybe a yard or two gain, and then get just slammed. If they're running an, an option play and they hand it off for a loss of four yards right after that, so they're constantly getting negative yardage, I don't know. I didn't the, see it. The irony of this is, is I'm in the middle of the country, and I did get the game, and I did watch the game. It's because you're not here. That's why. And I still don't understand it because that's exactly what happened. They would run or throw the ball on a check down basis, gain three or four yards, and then be sacked for ten. So, yeah, I mean, dude, basically it was a high school football team going up against Michigan. The leaders and best. I mean, it's, it's just like the nonsense you hear. Whenever you have a very, like, okay, 2008 it was the Lions. Back in the 70s when uh, Tampa Bay went winless, it was them. Um, this year I've heard the Browns, you know, people will say, oh, do you think the quote-unquote best team in college football could beat a pro team, and everybody has a debate, and it goes back and forth. Well, you just saw a college football team basically play. What would happen if a college football team played a pro team? I mean, it, it was it was a slaughter. And it wasn't even that. It wasn't even – it looked like a practice on seven-on-seven, seven and, and you weren't supposed to stop them. I, no idea, dude. Yeah, I mean, All Michigan, I like – a four-play, eighty-yard drive. A six-play, fifty-two-yard drive. A one-play. How many times did Michigan punt? I mean, I'm looking at the summer here. Michigan scored five, four, nine. Michigan scored eleven times. Like that is insane. Did they ever have an offensive possession they didn't score? Let me. Ooh, let me get the clip. Click on the full play-by-play. Because as shocking as it is, the last the last time I've seen that happen, if they didn't punt, was. Uh, the 2012 Lions playoff games against or playoff game against uh, uh, New Orleans. Here you go. Hey, Earl, I can answer your question. Here's how you do it. 
Uh, first drive, three plays, six yards. Second drive, three plays, negative five yards. Uh, third drive, three plays, two yards. Next drive, three plays, four yards. Jesus. Jesus. Uh, yes. <laughs> what do you do there? Hold on, I got... Uh, it's fucking... It's small, and I'm getting older. I, three plays, five yards. Three plays, minus 11 yards. Three plays, uh, minus eight yards. Three plays, two yards. Three plays, negative five yards. Three plays, five yards. Three plays, negative four yards. Three plays, seven yards. Three plays, negative one yards. I mean, this... I'm in the first... That's the first quarter. Everything I just said yep. was from the first quarter. Three plays, my, negative 11 yards. Three plays, four yards. Three they plays, never did. Four yards. Not, three plays, eight yards. Three it's all three and outs. Three plays, negative six. Ooh, four plays, 12 yards. Ooh. Oh, five plays, 17 yards. Yeah, that must have been when Michigan had started putting in the second and third uh, stringers. I thought I saw the water boy at one point. Yeah. Yeah, no, they had <laughs> caller 20 from Ann Arbor Sports Talk. You got to play quarterback. Hey, if you get up more than 50 points, you get to go into the game. <laughs> That's like the Deco Milovich or whatever his name was from uh, Pistons. But man, oh, I mean. If Darko? Darko. Yeah, Darko Milovich or whatever. The human, the human victory cigar? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Michigan still ain't beat. They beat one ranked team. But, I mean, if you're not a believer after this week, I mean. I will say this. I have not seen state fans shaking yeah. in their boots as much as I've seen them shaking in their boots since that game last weekend. Hey, I called that shit. Well, too, because the, the, other, the, other, the other side of this conversation is Michigan State is fucking over. The end. Like, it's done. Like, you, Play t- taps. Yeah. <laughs> 2016, is our, you're fucking done, son. No, okay. Earl, what'd you say? Play taps. No, no, before that. Last miles for the win. And what'd I you say about it? You called it. See, let me, let me, let me inform the listeners of what it's like to have Earl now as a co-host on Sporgy. Oh no. We have a group chat. You're fucking done, son. It's over. We have a group chat, and in the group chat, we shoot each other shit about you know, hey, especially like when a game's going on. Did you see that or? Jesus, what the fuck is Rutgers doing? <laughs> Shit like that. And every time something that Earl has said comes to pass, he sends us this, I called it, everyone. So I decided, since Earl doesn't really fit a sportscaster's name, we need to give him a nickname. Uh-oh. And I think your nickname should be an abbreviation of, I called it, everyone. So I think we should start calling you Ice. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's all I fucking hear. I never hear about when you blew the call. No go. I didn't call that everyone. But every time you, I called that everyone. So hey, nice. Tell okay. us your theory. My theory. I hey. only lost four games out of everything I called this week. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, if we're doing, I called it. I like to point out Justin Forsett is a line. Just putting that <laughs> out there. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. It's not Facebook official because I haven't received 15 fucking messages in the group chat about it. <laughs> hey, well, I'll take care of that real quick. Yeah, I know. So just copy and paste. <laughs> you know how you have, like, the quick responses in your phone? Hey, Ice, is I called it everyone just one of your quick responses where you just press one and it just posts and you just hit <laughs> it, it is. Well, you know what? If it's not, it is now. Absolutely. But I did. I did call it. 
I told you guys state was done. <laughs> Dude, you didn't get much argument about anybody from anybody on that. The only thing I said is that Michigan State actual audio from the practice field. Burn in the practice field, or all threw into his fire there at home, popping and cracking in the background. <laughs> that was him. both. But no, man, you you didn't get much argument. The only thing I said is I've seen too many teams have fucked up shitty seasons like this, and then they get their rival, and all of a sudden they play like a good team for one fucking game, and that's what I'm worried about. Because the fact that there's so many fucking Sparty fans, I mean, just shaking in their boots. I don't, I don't, I can't even enjoy it. Like, I should. I should be like, yeah, this is, yeah, guess what? Daddy's home. And now, now, you, now you, you fucked up. You know that, right? No, you fucked, you know up. You fucked up. Dad's <laughs> home now. He's getting the belt. I mean. Harbaugh's just going to show up and take his belt off before we play. Yeah, you know, you had you had Uncle Richie and uh, uh, Uncle Hokey. And guess what? Daddy come home now. Mama ain't bringing home no more stepdaddies and uncles. You know, Pops is home. Pops is fucking pissed off because you've been acting a fool while he hasn't been around. And that's how they're acting. Man. I will I concede. Can't... I know the mic is on. It's going to be ugly, man. Like, if that, if both teams play like they played this weekend against each other, it's going to be fucking ugly. Well, not if you're a Michigan fan. See, I, I maybe I just don't hate Michigan State as much as I should as a Wolverine fan. Um, I mean, if this was... Ohio State fans quaking in their boots. Oh, I'd, I'd be, I'd just be loving this shit. You but I'm just hard like, right now. Oh, that'd be extreme. I mean, Myers would have to die for that to happen. That's what I'm saying. Like it's, I, for if it was, if it was OSU, it'd be so much better because it's like those guys, those guys are like the dumb guy who's really good at athletics. That we all knew in school. I'm talking like stone cold stupid, but he he can he can run a football or he can dunk a ball or he can hit a ball or he can you know puck handle whatever. He and it's like if you take away sports, there really ain't much of them of, of of anything to talk about there. And if you take away the cockiness from OSU, they're not OSU. They're not the Ohio State University. So yeah, I got like that. The uh, how I, that and I'm gonna take my talents. Such bull. Anyways, take I don't, don't want to go to your mom's pussy. I don't want to get off on the whole fucking sports tropes that that annoy me. But yeah, and then what I love now is you have other players copying it. Uh, you know, especially like Monday Night Football. The minute you hear one of them idiots go, the Ohio State University, you hear some fucking guy. I, I mean, just it's a given. You're gonna hear it down the down the line. The University of Miami, the U. And it's like, really? Really? So, is it going to turn into that Key and Peel sketch where like, you're throwing out crazy? Yeah, they're throwing out crazy names from crazy schools and shit. Like, and they're going to act like, you know, the San Francisco or San Jose State University. Okay, good for you. You basically got into Wayne State. Congratulations. Like, seriously, you weren't good enough to play for Western or the Chippewas? Come on, dude. Speaking of which, <laughs> Western, ranked 24, first time ever. Kalamazoo in the house. Not my alma mater, but I attended. It's only, th- it's only college I can actually claim that I am uh, whatever. Hi, everybody. I'm Alumni. Alumni. 
Along yes. with Jeff Worthy, and welcome to the annual East-West Bowl. As we get ready to watch some of the best college players in the nation showcase their skills in a classic showdown between East and West. And there really are some characters on this year's squads, aren't there, Jeff? That's right, Dave. It does seem like the most flamboyant personalities came to the forefront, and they are here. Let's meet the players from the East. Demarcus Williams, University of Georgia. C.J. Jackson, Wayne State University. Tavares Smith King. Man, that college. He did, he did say, too, DeBrickashaw Ferguson was the inspiration for this whole thing. Aquarius Green Jr., University of Notre Dame. Ibrahim Moises, University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Jack Marriott, <coughs> Michigan State University. The Isaiah T. Billings Clive, Coastal Carolina University. The Jasper Probenkrupp III, South Carolina State University. Leoz Maxwell Jr., East Carolina University. Jabaris Jamar, Jabaris and Lamar, University <laughs> of Middle Tennessee. Devoin Shower Handle, University of Southern Mississippi. Hingle McCringleberry, <laughs> Penn State University. Le Carpetron Duke Marriott, Florida Atlantic University. Kedinkalish Morgoon, University of South Florida. Xmas Jackson <laughs> Flaxen Waxen, California University of Pennsylvania. <laughs> the California <laughs> University of California in Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Craig. Oh, come on now. Where's the University of Phoenix? One time. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Get no love. Hingle McCringleberry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. No, but that, that, let's all bullshit aside, man. Uh, yeah, Mr. D's got to go. Yeah, Mark D'Antonio is, oh boy. I think uh, that that's, it's gotten bad. And at this point, I'm wondering if the boosters are going. Just make it respectable against Michigan. Because if it ain't. He ain't going to be here. It's gotten bad, and that ain't good. Yeah, I we, mean, it just... Can we not lose completely? Well, I'm I mean, just saying, man. If you got a name like Les Miles out in the open for the taking, and your team is suffering like this, and just making him the coach puts you in a talk of being a powerhouse... I mean, yeah, you you're, got to. You're, you're definitely probably in a lot more conversations. And to be honest with you, listening to... Uh, some local call-in shows. A couple people have called, you know, mostly MSU fans, and they're like, and, you know, most people that are MSU fans on the call-in shows, I've noticed, are pissed at Mark D'Antonio, but they're not ready to fire him. But the ones that are ready to fire him, yeah. First thing they bring up is, well, who are you going to get? And then the fans go, well, it's Miles. And... I don't know. If, I, I don't know if this is just because this is here and it's so close to home with these teams, but the hosts aren't exactly like running with that, going, "Yeah, that's a great idea." They're like, "He's not going to take over, and if he does, it's not going to be in the middle of the season. He's not going to come in and be the savior. You know, you're not going to win out from here. Blah blah blah. You're not going to get to a bowl game playing like this." And I'm just like, "All right. I mean, if." <laughs> If you're that like, eh, 
maybe that you don't even really give it any any to stare and talk about it? Is there something we don't know? Has he been talking to other teams already? Well, here's the thing, though. Well, what's the other, who's the other big-name team right now looking for a coach? No, well, they would be looking for a coach at the end of the season. Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, if these hosts who supposedly are in the know and in on what's going on behind the scenes, whether they can attribute it to their source or not, I mean, for them to just kind of like, meh, to that suggestion, I mean, it tells me something. Something's, something's going on, and I don't think Les is coming to, to MSU. That's just... That's my gut on that one. And, and and that's all fine and good. But my thing is, it, it, for being in a coach and talking about being in the know, what happened behind MSU's closed doors? Because to me, every game I watch, the players just look like they've quit. Seriously. The more reasonable uh, MSU fans that I've either talked to or witnessed what they've said on social media or comments on an article, they're... Their go-to defense is it's a down year in recruiting. No, it's not. It's a down year in the recruiting cycle. He knew the class wasn't going to be that great this year. So they were started off ranked in the top ten. How do you say you're a down year? Those are the more reasonable people. The more unreasonable people are saying it's a conspiracy because the uh, the big the Big Ten. Well, actually, they say because the NCAA, and more specifically the Big Ten, want to see Michigan do better because Michigan's a national brand where MSU isn't. So they're basically rigging it so MSU's losing. And I'm like, okay, until I see, like, at least some effort put into this tinfoil hat theory, I'm not even going to entertain it. At least make a YouTube video trying to back up your point. Because I don't know how the fuck you can blame any of those games on the officials blowing every single game for MSU. But I'm sitting here telling you they can't. Those players look like yes, they have we, stopped playing. Okay, Earl, French Vanilla Ice, we understand. <laughs> we understand. Okay, these people don't. These people are not dealing with reality. They're dealing with, oh, I can't handle my team losing, and I'm really scared about that game before Halloween because Harbaugh doesn't look like he's going to cuddle afterwards. He's just going to wham, bam, thank you, bam, and just move on out. Money's on the dresser. I'm done with you. Pretty these, much. These are the same people that are mad at Trump for saying the word pussy. Uh, call back. Did it again. Well, they better they better figure out a word for playing like a bitch that there's that their 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 social justice conscience will let them fucking be called because. If they play like they, just like Chris said, they play like they did last week, and Michigan brings half of what they brought to the Rutgers game, yeah, it's going to be fucking ugly. Well, they got a word for it. It's called Sparty. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Well, I, why he's, I don't know. Has he lost the locker room? Very. He, oh, 100% has. From a coach here standpoint, I can tell you this, 100% has. They do not want to play for him. I don't know why. I don't know what was said or done, but those players, when they get on that field, just look like, all right, let's go through the motions. Yeah, okay, coach, that's the play we're running. Got it. Yeah, huh? Oh, that's what I I'm, missed the catch. Oh, that's what damn. I'm saying. If if they're not willing to play for them, something had to have happened that we haven't heard about. That's what I'm saying. And I can't even begin to imagine what it is because you, you were right, dude. I mean, they were ranked in the you know, preseason top ten. This was another. This was another season of you know maybe they weren't in the national championship talks all the time, but they were damn sure in the contending for the Big Ten talks. 
But at the end of the day, they were definitely going to some kind of major bowl. Exactly. And now it's like they'll be happy with the Motor City Bowl. They're going to be happy to smoke a bowl in a minute. I'm not even kidding you, man. They are sucking it up. The toilet bowl. It sucks. It's the old perennial joke. They'll be lucky for that one. I guess for me as a Michigan fan, it sucks that they're that bad. Because it's a no-win situation as a Michigan fan. If Michigan goes in there and hands their ass to them, that's what they're supposed to do. They will get no credit from any Sparty fan. If They'll get credit from MSU fans, but not the Sparties. Because there is a difference. And if they go in there and it's a close game, they'll get no credit from any Sparty fan. Because, well, if you guys are so good or so bad, why was it close? And God forbid they lose... Michigan will wish they they could go back in the Wayback Machine, hop in a DeLorean, hit 2007, and it'd be Appalachian State all over again because they're going to take less shit. So it's if I'm Harbaugh, I'm looking at the guys and I'm telling them that. I'm like, so you got two choices. You can go out there and you can absolutely destroy these guys. Let's hang 100 on them. Fuck it. Or you could be laughingstocks and be told that you ain't shit. Make the decision. I can't go out there and play for you. All I can do is call them. No, I, I think Harbaugh has done enough. I think it just reminds me of Remember the Titans when those guys walk out now. They look focused. They look determined and mean. Moreover, they look mean. Every game they've played, Wisconsin, everything, they have looked mean. They look very determined. That's what Harbaugh was brought in to do. Rich Rod was the finesse with the option offense, and Brady Hoke was, well, Brady Hoke was... He's good at recruiting. That's about all you can say about him. Uh, but, I mean, I don't even... Uh, did that team even have an identity under Brady Hoke? I mean, not much of one. Yeah. Not one that sticks out. I mean, underneath, uh, uh, under Bo, it was three yards in a cloud of dust. You know, that it was... You're going to win it in the trenches and blah, blah, blah. And with Rich Rod, it was... He's going to bring Michigan's offense, whether they like it or not, kicking and screaming into the 21st century with the read option and all this shit, and that went like shit. Hoke was just there. Well, Harbaugh's come in, and, hey, Harbaugh's setting it up pretty good. He's one and a half season in, and he's got someone going, his teams look mean. They want something. I mean, they're out there looking to fuck somebody up. Well, here, I just, I'm, I'm thinking about it, and I, when all their victories, 63 to 3, 51 to 14, 45 to 28, 49 to 10. Wisconsin was a hard game, 14 to 7. Rutgers, 78 nothing. They they just the thing I worry about is people going, oh look, now they're the bullies. It's football, man. And they're and I think really Harbaugh has brought that back to Michigan. It is hard nosed, knock the piss out of the other guy football, and they do it and they do it every down. I think we've so, all watched enough football to know that any team that wins with defense or is, or wins with because they're more physical than the other team, they get called a dirty team these days. They get called they're, they're bullies, they're dirty players. That's just how it is. If you're not if if you're not known as the team that's going to go out there and you know put up half a hundred on on another team, but you're known as 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 a hardcore defensive team. You're going to get accusations of playing dirty. That's just how the game is set up these days. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. Absolutely. But this year, as I've been claiming, the you know, flags are gone, 
and these guys are just fucking hitting people flat out. And they remind me of the Minnesota Vikings because their defense is just flat out hitting people. They don't pull up. They don't stop. They don't go, all right, I'm not trying to end careers today. They go out and understand their job is to hit a guy in a different color jersey. And that's what football should be. I don't care at what level you play it at. You go out, you play to win, you don't let up, you never take your foot off the gas pedal. This guy across from you is going to hurt you. Hit him first. And that is what's going on. And when I talked about MSU quitting um, uh, Mark D, you know, it's, it's the same thing. They're not. I mean, they could be standing there doing their fucking nails, filing them down. They could care less about what's going on in the game. They're not hitting people. They're not finishing plays. They're not running the routes. They're just sitting there going, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, click, click, click. There goes the clock. But I, I on Saturday, watch Michigan. They come out and they're fierce. Their touchdown celebrations aren't that big. You know, there's a little bit of celebration, but it's not huge. And then they get back to the sideline. Their defense comes out and just destroys people. It's like some hits, I, I, you know, I used to sit and watch highlight reels of hits. And that's like their defense this year, period. It's just a highlight of them. No matter what, I, this is just me. This is my personal feeling. Michigan is getting a pass at a lot of th- on a lot of things because they're Michigan. I honestly think if it wasn't Michigan, there would have been a lot more talk about them running up to score. Um, I, I, I do feel that, I mean, eventually the accusations of being dirty players and they're a dirty team are going to come out. And, Chris, do you want to make a bet on whether it's after the MSU game? Do you think MSU sunk that low to where that they're going to fucking start crying that, that Michigan's dirty and that's why they lost if they do lose? I don't know, man. That seems... <sighs> But I, I guess I, I wouldn't put it past him. Like, you're right. Well, yeah, see, I have to say, I'm as far as what I have heard, I've heard nothing from Rutgers about them crying about Michigan playing dirty or the refs were against Rutgers. I mean, if if, if it's been said, I haven't heard it, and I I'm haven't pretty either. Sure, I'm pretty sure I'd, I'd have heard something rumbling somewhere. My phone went went off with an alert about something about it, so. I, hey, I give Rutgers credit. They took that ass whooping and they were like, you know what? Yeah, we do suck. We deserve that. But, I mean, at the same time, I don't want to hear anything about running up a score. You take your foot off the gas, that's how you lose a game. Do you want to lose a game? Because that's how you lose a game. Well, you know, even in the pros, you, you, you can say don't run up the score. But look at the game versus the Cardinals and the Bears. How mad was the coach at the press conference? They were who we thought they were. Yeah, but you took your foot off the gas because you don't want to sit in this media room and go, why'd you run up the score? Because we're playing football. Yeah, and look at a team who doesn't know when to keep their, their, their foot on the neck of the other team. The Lions. Look at what happened. They almost lost that game Sunday. And that game That's been, what I'm saying. Philly should have not been that close at Philly all. Philly gave us all. that game with their penalties, man. Philly, gave, Philly, did, Philly pulled a Detroit. Philly gave the game away with penalties that they should have came back and won. Philly did what we did against Tennessee. Well, all I know is that the Lions have never been good at finishing anybody off. Yeah, no, that's that's there's all it's always a tale of two halves with the Lions. 
it's been my for about the last five years, man. It's been my biggest complaint with them is everyone's like, oh yeah, dog, this is it, you know. And you get text messages at halftime, yeah, yeah. And my response the same time every time is, you gotta play four quarters. The Lions don't do that. Yeah, the best the Lions play three quarters of football. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but that see, and and that, but there is my point. Harbaugh's not that guy. There are a lot of coach Bill Belichick, not that guy. Foot on the gas, never take it off. It's true. Every minute of every down until that clock runs out, we're playing. We're not letting up. We're not fucking, oh, we don't want to beat them that bad. We don't want to hurt their feelings. No, he's like, fuck you. This is a war, and I'm winning it. I'm not an asshole. You're just got to get better. That's how that works. You know, and it's, it's, it's interesting because I remember in 2006 when Jim Leland was brought in to coach, or excuse me, to manage the Tigers. And they asked him what, during his press conference, his entrance is, you know, hey, yes, I'm the new manager, press conference. What do you want to bring to the team? And he said, to play nine innings. And no one ever had a problem with him saying that. But in football, I mean, not even arguably, I mean, the much more physical sport, and the more physical a sport gets, usually the more emotion get it gets pumped into it. You're expected to somehow save the other guy's ego by no. running the ball for three downs and not going for the the. I mean, I, I, you know, if if you're sitting, if you run the ball for three downs and you just keep getting first down after first down, and you get like let's say stopped at the thirty nine. 43-yard line. They're 39, they're 43. Is he running the score up to to take a, to kick a field goal or to make an attempt? Or should they or go, for, or should, go on the fourth down? Exactly. Because either way, if you're looking to be pissed off, you could, you could get pissed off at it either way. You could say, well, it's disrespectful to go for it on fourth down when you're that far ahead. Or you're running up to score if you went for the field goal. But then at the same time, now they get lucky and they run back and kick. There's a fumble, they run it back, there's an interception, pick six. All of a sudden, now the score's tied, and, and what, it's better for the fans? And, hey, for anyone who says it doesn't happen, one, you're more of a casual sport fan than we are, and two, look at the Monday night football game against the Jets and the Dolphins in 2000. Jumbo Elliott lines up as a receiver and completes the biggest uh, comeback in Monday night football history. Fucking the Dolphins were looking at Jets fans at halftime going, go home, go home. Got cocky and then got their ass handed to them and ended up losing. It, it just goes to my point that I think Harbaugh has brought football back to Michigan because he doesn't care how much the scores ran up. He doesn't care what the team is. He doesn't care about the rivalry or how good someone is supposedly supposed to be. He goes out there. He puts his foot on the gas. His players hit. Anything that fucking moves, okay, and then when it's all said and done, the score is what the score is. As long as there's a W in his column. It is, there's definitely players who played for him, especially when he was in San Francisco. This would get leaked, you know, and attributed to a, a anonymous source on the team, a.k.a. a player who doesn't want to be named because he doesn't want to pay the price for saying this. But they'd go, you know... His rah-rah shit works, but it only works for the first couple of years. We're not a bunch of college kids. I remember when that story broke, and I was like, well, then you know what? Get his ass into a college football team. 
Ta-da. If you guys, if you guys honestly aren't going to fucking go out there and play for a coach who wants to do nothing but win because you're professional athletes and you don't want to be fucking talked to and run ragged in practice, okay, well, I'm take his ass to a, back, back to college football and see what he does. His first head coaching job was Stanford, not exactly a football powerhouse before him. I mean, let's be honest there. Correct. So he, he's the one who put him on okay. the map. I mean, and, and what he did there got him that job in uh, San Francisco. And yeah, he took him to a Super Bowl. And then anonymous players started whining that he treats us like we're in, we're in college still. <laughs> this is ridiculous. You know, as uh, as Dick had called him one time, anonymous cowards. Really? Someone on my team that plays for me said that? Tell me who it is, and I'll take care of it. I guarantee you'll never hear no shit like that again. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, hey, look, I, to me, if you're going to speak up against your coach like that, go in and be a man and tell him that. You're a big, bad professional athlete. You're telling me that you're scared of, a, of another grown man? Well, what the fuck are you doing on a football field in the first place? Yeah. If you can't handle being yelled at, what the fuck do you think is going to happen in those trenches? I, so, I do want to po- point out that Harbaugh coached against his brother, Harbaugh. Yeah, that was it. Was Harbaugh Bowl when the power? Yeah. But God but couldn't I, even handle it. He had to make the power go out, and take a break. But I, I, I only point that yeah. out because so look much at the power. defenses, so much Harbaugh. Look at the defenses from them. Well, they are they were raised with football in their or football in their fucking blood. I mean, the Harbaugh's were raised in Ann Arbor. When I say like they hung out with Bo Schembechler, it wasn't like, oh, they met him once or twice. Might as well have been part of the fucking family. Damn. I mean, that's that's their heritage. I mean, that's what that's they were born into the game. I mean, Christ, if if they could turn that into a rap song, <laughs> they're the OGs in the <laughs> of the football game. Bitch, I was born into this. Yes, you were. <laughs> my bad. Think this is a game? This is my life. I don't know. I, I can't barely count, but you know what? I can count to four downs, and I ain't going to need them all to score on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, uh, I once again, hey, I guess I'm not as big of a, a homer as I thought this this podcast has taught me, but, you know, I, I I just hope it's not false bravado on Michigan's end. And I, I really hope, for whatever reason, State doesn't decide to play out of their fucking mind. And hand it Michigan's ass to him because it, shit, weirder shit has happened in football. It's a one-game situation. It's not a series. It's not like baseball. It's not like hockey. You can't have a bad game and okay, we'll make it up next game. It, it, it's the way I it. see this playing out is is it's really going to depend on the players because you can look back at this season already and see what I'm telling you that the Michigan State's quit. So if Michigan State players, not fans, boosters, coaches, if the players want to make it a good game against Michigan, then they will. But if they keep this attitude of they're just giving up and what the hell ever, get rid of D or Mr. D or whatever, then then it won't be. And it'll be their ultimate statement. Well, I mean, I, hey, if he's lost the locker room to that point, I mean, it could it'd be a coup d'etat, but it wouldn't be the first time players have fucking tanked a season to get rid of a coach. I mean, just be honest there. It, it, it has happened. So, well, anyways, let's move on to professional football. The pros, you say. Where do we want to start? There? Yeah. Uh, I, do, do we start with Tom? Oh, my God. 
Don't even start with Tim. I don't even want to talk about him. What, Tom? That's your homeboy. That is not my homeboy. What, Mr. Brady? He is a plug in a system. That is all he is. Oh, here we go again. Uh, You can say what you want, my friend. But in this part of your conspiracy? Say what you want. It was a big sham. They were going to do that to Cleveland no matter who they had in there. I don't think anyone's arguing that with anybody. I mean, no one expect even if if Tom Brady had died before he could come back in week four, and the whole team sad, and the city of Boston's in mourning, and all this shit, I don't think anyone would expect Cleveland to roll fucking New England. No. So, I mean, it's him coming back was just a cherry on top, and it was hey, let's be honest, it was low hanging fruit. It was a good team for him to get a practice in against. It was like a you know four weeks of preseason all in one game. Throws a touchdown to Martellus Bennett, goes down and headbutts his ass. I like that. That was cool. Hey, man, he's fired up. He's pissed off. And as much as I'm not a New England fan, and we've covered it ad nauseum, he's got a right to be, man. I think most people are going to look back on this deflate gate shit and go, really? Come the fuck on. That is such a fucking stupid moment in NFL history. But all I know is that I saw the highlight of him, the highlight of Gronk on a pass, got down to the one-yard line, and yes, it was a good throw by Brady, but holy shit, he's got a fucking awesome weapon in Gronk. Like, it just, I think sometimes he overshadows a player like Gronk, because who has he really had besides Randy Moss that is that good of a playmaker on offense with him? That's not, I mean, that's not a system player. That's not a West Welch. Oh, that's loud. My bad. You know, I mean, dude, it, it's, it's, it's across the middle. Gronk catches it, breaks like three tackles, just barely is, is kept from going into the end zone by getting pushed out of bounds at the one-yard line. I mean, but it was just like, Jesus Christ, dude. I, I don't know, man. I can't think of a more... I can't. I can't think of a more physical and dominating tight end in the NFL right now. Oh, he's going in the Hall of Fame, no doubt. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like he's going to go down as one of the best to ever play the game at that position. I feel like I'm stating the obvious here, but well, it's just. Well, I, I mean, remember, I remember when Tony Gonzalez retired. I was like, "It was the best t- tight end I'm going to see in my my gener- in my lifetime." Whoops. Nope. nope. Sorry. Yeah. Let's amend that statement. Exactly. I'm sorry. Hey, you were going to say What's happening? I said Antonio Gates is also a beast, but, I mean, he had, Brady's had people like Deion Branch, David Givens, I mean, great, great wide receivers in their time, but they were part of that system. Exactly. He didn't have a Marvin Harrison. No. You know, to, to prop him up through his career. So, I mean, that's, that's what I'm getting at. It's like this late into Brady's career, he's got a guy like Gronk. That's just bad luck for the rest of the NFL. That really is. I mean, that's just like that's just like someone who you know they beat cancer two or three times, and then it turns out they got you know another terminal disease, and the doctor just looks at him and goes, "Man, that's just unfortunate. I don't know what to tell you." Sorry about your luck, man. Yeah, I mean, if 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 I'm Robert Kraft and I'm at the owners' meetings, and they start talking about my quarterback tight end duo, I'm just gonna look at him and go, I, "I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Sucks to be you." What do you want me to say? It's just one of them days. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
So I, that's what I took away from that game. I just couldn't believe. I mean, it was. It, it's going to stick out to me as a play that. I mean, it was a, a pretty much a, a, a given they were going to win that game. It's not a play that set them up for the winning play of the Super Bowl or you know, a AFC Championship game or anything. But it's a play that I'm like, God damn. It's like, you know, one of them runs you see from a running back where it's just not, he's moving guys. There's four guys. He's dragging them down the field. He breaks all four tackles, gets hit with three more guys, breaks them tackles, and, and you know, keeps going. You're just like, Barry, oh, Barry Sanders moment type shit. Well, Barry would fucking break your ankles. Right. And, you know, again, he had people like Danny Am- Amadola, uh, Julian Edelman. But they're all part of the system. You have listed the biggest bunch of no names, which I guess is proving your point. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, didn't we all come to the conclusion that I mean, Belichick's system is damn near perfect, as close as you can get to it, at least. If you got anybody with talent, yeah, and it doesn't have to be the talent of Brady. You know, the big names, you know, Manning and, and them. It just has to be talent. It has to be a nice arm strength, decent accuracy, have a head on your shoulder, listen to the plays I call, go. Well, you know, I remember listening to Larry players talk about playing for Larry Brown in the NBA. And one of the things that got brought up when uh, it was Allen Iverson's interview with Stephen A. Smith, he said, so how, you know, Larry Brown, what was it like playing for him? And he goes, it's easy to play for Larry Brown because all he demands from you is perfection. Basically, Larry Brown is the type of coach who was like, I drew up the game plan to win the game. All you have to do is execute it perfectly, and we will win every single game. And while I don't see that necessarily in Larry Brown, I do, I do believe that about fucking Belichick. I believe that that team loses, it's because someone didn't execute their part in his, in his plan to the best of their ability. And with that thinking goes to what I was saying that you call a conspiracy theory. There's no way he got blanked at the Bills without him knowing it. Okay. No fucking way. I mean, dude, you can ride that horse as long as I don't know what to tell you. Give me the X-Files, baby. I'm telling you, that's how that shit went down. It was the grand entrance and rebirth of Tom Brady. And then he came back the next game, the very next game, and did what he did. Put 33 points on the board. Woohoo! Brady's back. Look how good we are. We're going to sit alone in that camp. that's fine did you see his interview after the game with the Browns Bill Belichick was as mad dog as he ever was he knew that that's how that had to go down I can't write it off as a coincidence I can't it wasn't the first game of the season it wasn't the second game of the season it was the fourth game of the season where they're going to lose Brady comes back he's the savior of the fucking New England Patriots because somebody, because if you sit there and tell people, hey, Bill Belichick can win with anybody you put there, there goes all the stock and all the money they've invested in Tom Brady. Hey, it's Tommy terrific. Well, first of all, Brady ain't going nowhere unless Belichick says, get the fuck out of town. No, he's not. But he's he's their, he's their white horse, my friend. He's their Peyton Manning. He's the one that they tie their hopes and dreams of winning championships to. Not Bill Belichick. Tom Brady. He's their captain. He's their leader. He's their strength. He's their, you know, whatever you want him to be. He's it. Well, 
despite what you might have guessed by being a listener of this podcast, there are other teams in the NFL besides New England Patriots and, and the teams they and the teams they play. <laughs> yeah, that depends on who you talk about. The, because are, nobody knows who the fucking Minnesota Vikings are this year. Are they for oh, real? Shit. Are they for? Because I don't. With Sam Bradford as your quarterback, I have a hard time taking you seriously. Okay, but look back at the first Ravens Super Bowl win. Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer. Look back at Tampa Bay Super Bowl win. Brad Johnson. Seriously? <laughs> How about the Raiders? Rich Gannon. I mean, well, I mean, I was talking about people that actually won something, but. Oh. Right. Um, <laughs> this is, you know, it's it's the age-old argument. Does, cha- does, does defense win championships? And as much as the NFL would like it to be basically arena football part two as far as scoring, um, yeah, in the NFL, a good defense can still carry you very fucking far. Look at the 2000, what was it, 2013 uh, Lions? Yeah. Carried them, you know, Caldwell's first year, carried them right to a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Now, they didn't do shit in the playoff game, but it's closer than the New Orleans one from 2011. You could back up to any Ravens Super Bowl. Joe Flacco, really? Yeah, Flacco's been tagged with that uh, uh, game manager, which I know burns his ass because he wants to think of himself as an elite quarterback. And see, this is where you can tell that these guys' egos step in because if I was Joe Flacco, I'd just be happy to have that fucking ring and happy to have a defense that can still prop me up to where I'm talked about in the top 10, 15 quarterbacks in the league. I'm just saying he's a typo from being a Joe Flack, Joe Falco from the replacements. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Fucko. But I mean the Monday night football game. Uh, your boys, man, your boys. How do you feel about that? That game should have been fucking it been should have been over well before that fucking last kick. Do we have to go here? Like seriously, I'm not even joking. When they took I don't even, I'm not even gonna learn his shitty last name. I'm done learning shitty last names from fucking draft picks that are way too fucking high with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When they picked him in the second round, and that fucking idiot in the front office said, we found our Jason Hansen for the next two decades, I'd like to smack the shit out of him. What the fuck? (laughs) Well, he's the first player from FSU to leave early besides Deion Sanders. Well, he should have fucking stayed another season. He's the most accurate kicker in the NCAA history. Good for him. This is the NFL, which stands for not for fucking long if you keep fucking playing like that. (laughs) But don't worry. Don't worry. When he finally kicks himself out of a starting job in Tampa and gets the boot, Lions will pick him up. (laughs) Oh, he's got to be better than Prater, dude. Are you kidding me? Hey, you know what? Maybe what he needs is to play in a fucking dome for eight games out of the season. Maybe then he won't be blowing extra points and fucking chip shots. I'm still mad at Gunnow, so don't even go there right now. But yeah, that game was that was an ugly game, but it was an entertaining game in the end because it was close. But that was an ugly fucking game. But you know what? And Gruden kept saying it, and I love that the, I don't know who the new co-host is, the play-by-play guy is, I, f- I forgot his name, but I love that he kind of he kind of took a, a, a dig at uh, Gruden, and Gruden was like, now this has been Tampa Bay's problem. They can't finish the, the, the game, and they need to finish the game. They need to learn not to give up games like this. 
And he's like, well, to be honest, John, Tampa Bay hasn't really finished since you won a Super Bowl with them in 2003. And I was like, oh. oh. Sean McDonough. When he, said, when he said that, I was like, boy, I bet you the, the temperature just dropped about 10 degrees in that fucking in that press box. I heard a rumor Gruden that went soft immediately. <laughs> he had to whip out the people with him, and it is one of the 50 most beautiful people in the world, just to get it flaccid again, to, to get some lift off the bag. The turgidness you know from Strange Blowjob number 5 of 14 left his I was sit- penis. I was sitting here watching that shit, and I was getting actually pissed off. I'm like, you're a has-been, my friend. You're a John Madden wannabe. Stop. Rich and shut I were discussing, up. I think, before you Either shut up or go back and do it. He's the new Madden. He's he's a new Madden. He's going to end up being the new Madden. When Madden dies and they got to change his name out of respect, or because they will, because you know it's a microaggression towards the Madden family to leave his name on the game after he passes, it'll probably be Gruden. <laughs> Just saying. They'll have a new mode in uh, Gruden... Uh, NFL football 2022. Hair plugs? Gr- Gruden's court- quarterback camp. Oh yeah. He he's gonna run. He's gonna he's gonna sit down with your uh, your quarterback and uh, go over plays, and you get to watch it. How exciting of a, of a of a game mode will that be? So Vikings are five and zero. Fucking the Raiders are apparently still for real. If you are a Chargers fan, are you committing suicide this year? How many times are you gonna go into the fourth quarter winning and lose? I mean that's 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 Detroit Lions stuff. Back off, no. Chargers. Oh, that's and that's right, Lions. That is actually uh, Green Bay Packers with Favre snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. That's straight out of the Lions playbook. But did you guys see what happened with their kicker after they lost the game last week? There's pictures of him walking off the field just fucking guffawing, like he just heard the funniest joke in the world. And then when they're walking into the clubhouse, have a job on Tuesday. He's still fucking laughing his ass off, and every other player looks like they want to commit a you know a crime. They're so pissed off, including including coaches. What's so funny, motherfucker? I'm telling you, dude. That team. I'm telling you when I when I was listening to that that at the Four Letter Network, and they were like, "There's rumblings in the NFL." that they're going to shop Rivers and they're going to blow it up and rebuild after this season. I I think that's a very real possibility. Something's not right in that fucking clubhouse. Something is not right. For your kicker to be walking around giggling his ass off like a little schoolgirl after you just lost a kicker, why didn't, why, why, didn't, why didn't one of the linemen snatch that motherfucker up in the locker room, break him in half and go, yeah, we need a new one. Yeah. This is broken. Can I return it? What's so yeah, funny, exactly. bitch? Where's Kickalicious? Look at you. Pull up YouTube. We're going to find ourselves a new kicker. Yeah. Uh, Chris, I was talking to you about this yesterday. The scores in the NFL games. What is with the the 31 and 13? What is that? It's a vast right-wing conspiracy. It's all conspiracy. I'm telling you. Belichick's cooking the scores. No, see, Belichick is cooking the score because Belichick went 33-13. to 13. <laughs> He got off the 31 mark. He's like, better. <laughs> and a lot of these teams, they got to cover the spread. So, Well, that, definitely, as far as Minnesota, I don't know about the whole team, that defense. That defense is for real. I, I got to go here with you. I got to go here with you. 
The Cowboys. Are you kidding me? Did we did, I, this discussion? Does it? Are we having a discussion about where they're at in the standings and how they played, or are we having a discussion about how stupid Jerry Jones is if he sticks by his word? Yes, absolutely. All the above. How do you go four and one with an out of their mind quarterback in Dak Prescott, and then tell him, "All right, now sit, sit down and let Romo go back in." On top of that, how the fuck does he expect that head coach to keep the locker room and keep respect of his players? When they now know without a shadow of a doubt, what he says doesn't fucking matter. It's what Jerry Jones says. That's mm-hmm. just going to cause, that's just, that's why you have the chain of command in the military. You have to send your bitches and complaints up the chain of command. And yeah, it's a flawed system because you can always get someone who's going to stall you out between what you say and who needs to hear it. But also, if you have, if you, if you're, a, if you're, you know, a senior NCO, and you have a second lieutenant, and you constantly have a major who's going against what the second lieutenant says in favor of what the senior NCO says, the rest of the enlisted men are not going to respect that officer. Ever again. So Ever. Jerry, Jerry Jones is basically telling, shit, who is their head coach? It's the old QB uh, coach. What's his name? Uh, Jason Garrett. Yeah. Garrett, yeah. He's telling Garrett, look for another fucking job. Basically what he's telling him. If he, if he forces him to put Romo in and keep Romo, I mean, this is some, you know what this is? This is like, uh, I mean, it's an old story, but it was it was put into a movie in 2000. This is every any given Sunday is what this is. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, and how many how many times Sick in that movie? Put in, and put in Willie, yep. Yep, put in Beeman. How many times did they say that? The difference is Garrett doesn't have the, the pedigree that Pacino's character had in that movie. Garrett ain't going to tell Jerry Jones, shut up, it's my football team. No. <laughs> Jerry Jones will fire Jimmy Johnson. You're Jason Garrett. What the, fuck, who the, what the fuck hope do you have of standing up to him? Yeah, and not for nothing, but I don't want to grab Jerry Jones's pussy. Cameron Diaz, absolutely. I, that's all you. I, I like my women to actually have a butt. I, I didn't Something. say nothing about the ass. I didn't say nothing about the ass. I didn't. Grab her by the anus. There you go. <laughs> grab, her by, grab her by the back to her front. I just want to get close to her tank, guys. I don't care what hole I go in. That's all you, sir. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it for the team. I'm a team player. <laughs> I, I don't even think Aaron, who likes him skinny and, and, and looking like a 12-year-old Asian boy, would give me an argument on that one. I don't think he's into the Cameron Diaz. Okay. <laughs> I totally in. I'm in there. I'm in like Flint. Anyways, but yeah, you can't, you can't do that. You cannot sit... A, a, QB that's winning games and playing just phenomenal football. I mean, he is. It's no longer the the quarterback in Witten show. Witten's a great tight end. He's going to the Hall of Fame, I have no doubt. Amazing man. However, it's not just him and the quarterback anymore. He's getting receivers the ball. People like Beasley, people you've never heard of before, are getting the ball now. I've been hearing this is kind of... uh uh, psychological chess on Jones's part because he doesn't want to rattle his rookie. Uh, I've, I've heard there's been some theories from some analysts that uh, they don't want to freak him out and make him feel there's all kinds of this undue pressure on him. So Jerry Jones is doing that to keep him playing how he's playing. Like all keep, I'm saying is if Romo comes back in and this kid has a seat, uh, it, you're right. Garrett should look for another job because that's absolutely 100% bullshit. You hired me to do this job. I'm doing it. Look what we're doing with it. 
Dude, they go but, six you know, and one and start Romo. That's just fucking. That's like high functioning uh, sh- bullshit, right? I mean, that's like that's that's tarred shit. Like that's just that's just being willfully obtuse. That is the very definition of the word insane. Doing the same thing over and over and hoping for a different result. He used to be good. He could do some things back in the day. Yay for Tony. Bye bye. Well, maybe I, 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 when it comes to Jerry Jones, I would say most owners would look at it this way. I don't care who's getting paid more. We go with the person who's going to win us games. And I don't give a shit if he's making the league minimum or if he's making you know, the most of any quarterback in the history of the NFL. Whoever's going to get us wins is who you put in there. Jerry Jones might be the, the, the exception as an owner that's going to go with, well, if I'm paying Romo this much, he's who I, he's who I brought to the dance and he's who I'm leaving with. I, I, don't know, I don't know about the audience to this show, but I know you two guys are going to appreciate this. Here in Kansas, I heard this argument. That is just the problem with America. Dallas Cowboys is America's team, and they're going to sit the black man to start the white man the fuck are they talking about that's exactly my reaction so let me so basically people that are saying that are saying that jerry jones would rather lose with a white man than win with a black man with a black man yes sir and trust me there are a lot of dallas cowboy fans here a lot of them they they talk about the d and stuff and i'm like you're from detroit no dallas dallas man, dallas i'm like oh okay but it's it's a weird culture and especially since the shootings in Dallas and the Black Lives Matter and all of this shit, they have equated this to, and they, and they put it to the football, that, that the America's team, America's team, Dallas Cowboys, America's is going to team. sit America. They're going to sit the black man and start the white man. The, the, and they say the more qualified, the more winning quarterback, black man, the unqualified, the injure-prone white man. Yes, that is how they put it here in Kansas. I couldn't. I can't. I, I wanted to. I wanted to get in there, and I just couldn't. I, I, I Okay. Kind of like you do with me with the Bill Belichick thing. Yeah, okay. Wear your hat. Yeah, that's, I, I have to do that here. I can't. Okay, well, I have to ask out of morbid curiosity. Now, are these people who say this, are they the one you say and they're fans of Dallas and they're saying this? Yes. Okay. And... Are they, like, agreeing with the decision, or are they pissed off because they feel he's doing it because he's black? No, they're pissed. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just didn't get what, if you were saying that they were happy like that, because that's right. He's one of ours. Or they were like, no. bullshit. We don't give a fuck. The motherfucker could, you know, be from the planet fucking what the fuck ever. If he's going to win us games, put him in there. Who gives a shit? Well, at the time, I'm sitting there going, "That is just some Mickey Mouse bullshit." That I can't even I can't even get to the Black Lives Matter movement and America's team and black and white quarterback. I can't get there with that. But then at the same time, I have to think: is if this happens, is Jerry Jones racist? Because there's do. not another fucking reason I could come up with, and I've been spinning this shit for a week. I can't come up with a reason that you start Tony Romo. And sit Dak Prescott. I can't come up with a reason. Okay, Donald Sterling is proven to have more racial issues than Jerry Jones by a fuck ton of evidence. And Donald Sterling still wasn't going to fucking put 
a bu- nothing but a white team on the fucking floor, even with his racial hangups. So, for Jerry Jones to be racist after winning all those Super Bowls with Emmett Smith, with Michael Irvin. Well, tell me a white running back for the Dallas Cowboys in the last 20, 30 years. Besides Danny Woodhead, tell me a white running back in the last 20 years. Um, and uh, not, I'm not talking uh, fullbacks either. Peyton Hillis. No. There you go. Who's good enough to get on Madden one year, and then that's it. Peace out. That's all you get. What is it, Zach Zinner or Zin, whatever the fuck he, up here? His ass is basically one fucking... One, if we could keep a, a healthy rotation of halfbacks, his ass would be on the practice squad. I mean, get the fuck out of here. He's no, but when they talk about when they talk about who's going to be the head running back here in Detroit, his name doesn't even come up. No, I but mean, that's I, I. My head has literally been. I, I look like John Travolta from the movie. You know, my head, my head's spinning. I can't figure out why you would sit Dak Prescott and start Tony Romo. I can't come up with a good excuse. I can't. Okay. Because of his fucking ego as an owner, I paid this man all this money. He's going to win. I paid this man all this money because I feel he's going to win. We're going to ride this horse into the ground. But you have literally rode this horse into the ground with and broke his back. Twice. Right. It, it, it's a proven fact. He's going to get hurt. And in the process, cost you the fucking game. You know what? I mean, since we're talking, you know, fairy tales, maybe Jones thinks, well, fuck it. I'll force him to put Romo in. Romo will get injured so bad his first game back, he's out, and we have no choice but to go with that. I, I don't know, man. I, I truly don't. If Tony Romo gets back on that field without a major fuck-up from Dak, I, I I got nothing. I can't even. Because that kid I, is is playing outside his mind right now, is doing great things in Dallas. He, he opened up a lane, dude, that you could literally drive a car through for Zeke to run through. Ezekiel Elliott ran through and ran for a touchdown this week, wasn't even touched. By anybody, well, and and that and that is attributed to Dak Prescott from his what he possesses as a quarterback. Shit, Negro, that's all you had to say. No, I mean Zeke is he had himself a day. I mean D- Dak Prescott's winning games. End of story. They're four and one. When's the last time the Cowboys have been four and one? No, I don't know. Their overall record's been five hundred since what the last Super Bowl they won. Pretty much. I mean, it's it it is it is kind of uncanny how if one year they might slip a little bit above or below five hundred, the next year they're right back at five hundred since their last Super Bowl win. I mean, that, that their team has been the very definition of middle of the pack. I mean, let's be honest. the The biggest stories with the Cowboys have been the clusterfuck that was Terrell Owens down there, Romo fumbling the hold on that kick. Romo dating Jessica Simpson, and now this quarterback controversy. I mean, you have you have their running back has the most yards of any running back in the league. He's a rookie, and he barely gets any mention because of the quarterback controversy. Ha! Now I'm going to live up to my name. I called it. Running backs are playing a major role in this year's winning and losing. Well, yeah. If you can't count on the refs holding your hand, and you have to fucking you have to actually, I don't know, stay in the pocket and risk taking a hit. You're gonna, you're gonna find out 
which quarterbacks are willing to sit there and, and take the abuse and which ones are going to go, no, we're going to audible into a fucking run play. I don't feel like but, trying to get this throw off with fucking, you know, seven grown men and running over my offensive line trying to get up and, and, and kill me. So, personally, I, no way in a million years is Jerry Jones not playing Dak because of the color of his skin. When that man put up with so much bullshit to win Super Bowls, I think he's hard-headed, he's prideful, and I think, honestly, it's not his pick because Romo is his his little golden boy who's making who's who's leading them to these wins, and it's fucking with his ego. I think it's a power move. I think it's more. I think it's more of a. I am the fucking owner, and you will do what I say, and I'll make a fucking bitch out of my head coach to, to prove the point. Okay. So, what else we got as far as football? Lightning struck twice. And the Rams were who we thought they were. Well, it's one game for the Rams, but... So, so what's lightning striking twice? Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Went over and ran over the Rams. How do, I mean, it's, uh, maybe Buffalo's building a defense. Maybe. Perhaps. Well, they're building something. I don't know. Well, I'm just going by the reputation that that Rex has. And players that have played for him and still play for him. And he's just a beloved coach. And maybe by putting himself on the hot seat, it was a little bit of mind games with his team to go out there and show him something. In the last two weeks, they've gotten wins. And that's ultimately all they're going to care about is, okay, how many wins do you got at the end of the year? It'll be a nice story before, you know, a playoff game or, on you know, this... You know, inside the NFL or something. If you know, oh, we're doing it for Rex, but yeah, it just it, it doesn't really fucking matter. They're doing it. Yeah, I'd good. like to personally thank Andrew Luck for winning, so I don't have to drive to Indiana. Punch him in the face, losing mm-hmm. Brian Hoyer. Hey, how about the Redskins are three and two? Yeah, there's no news there. That's terrible. That was terrible football. <laughs> it, it it was. Almost as bad as Tampa Bay, Carolina? Almost. Yeah, the the, the Ravens, I, I, I don't even know why they showed up at that point. How long do you think Todd Bowles has in New York? Jets are 1-4. and four. Oh, no, no, their season's over, brother. Uh, I, I was reading on the telly the other day, or earlier, Eric Decker is out with a knee, uh, season-ending knee injury. Fitzpatrick has nobody to throw to. Nobody. I know I've been I've been I've been picking up Quincy Enua for my fantasy league because yeah it, it's Revis is what Revis is injured too. Yep, that team is all done. How about the Dirty Birds stealing one from the Broncos? I I iced that shit. <laughs> Matty Ice getting it done, but they're without Trevor Simeon. He's supposed to be coming back. Here's about Trevor Simeon. Julio Jones for the win, dude. Tlaib can't cover him, man. Told you. So, yeah, and then Cowboys-Bengals. I mean, Bengals looking like a bunch of bitches. Seriously. They were a AJ playoff Green team last to get year. On the team. He forgot to get on the field that game. I don't know. It was crazy. Yeah. And then uh, the Packers-Giants. Like, is, is the sun setting on Eli? Is this, a, is this about it for him? 
Or is he going to play till damn near 40 like his brother? I, I think he's done at New York Giants. I don't think he's going to be a Giant for long. Where's he go? A- anywhere. <laughs> he's be, Manning, dude. Wouldn't it be ironic if he replaced Philip Rivers in San Diego? <laughs> I don't want to be a Charger. I want to play in New York. Oh, that would be funny as shit. Yeah. You know, well, well, going back to the Bengals real quick, is Marvin Lewis their version of Wayne Fonts? Because he's he he wins just enough, and he gives him just enough hope to keep his job as head coach. But he's never really got him over the he's never got him over the hump. Yeah, no, I mean the they go to the playoffs every every few years. They don't win. They're just someone who ends up being an opponent to somebody. I mean, I'm just saying it. it he just seems like one of those coaches. I mean, because he's been there 13 years, dude. 13 years. Does yeah. his record really? Dictate he should have a job for that long? Wow, 13 years. Yeah, in NFL coaching, that's like, man, it's... I mean, his, he does have... A, he does, his, his record is over 500, but, I mean, he has no playoff wins. They're all losses. At least Wayne Fonts had one playoff win. I'll tell you like this. With the receiving core that the Giants have and a defense that the Giants have, they should at least be deep in the playoffs every year. And they are not, unfortunately. Not even close. Well... You know what uh, Skip Bayless has said? He said, Eli Manning's a product of being lucky more than being good. And as much as I don't agree with him on a lot of things, I kind of agree with him on this one. You know, I think that Eli Manning, if he did not have that last name, Manning, there wouldn't have been the big to-do about him coming into the league. He definitely wouldn't have been able to pull the bullshit he pulled and get that trade, even though Elway did it back in the day. I mean, he did the exact same thing. But, you know. Speaking, speaking of has-beens, could-have-beens, what-the-fuckings, Kaepernick's back on the field. Yeah, how do you think that's going to last? I don't give a shit. And Chip Kelly says it has nothing to do with his recent little campaign, which means it probably <laughs> has everything to do with his recent little campaign. Well, all I know is that now we're gonna now we're going to have more excuses for people to talk about him taking a knee during the fucking... Pledge of Allegiance, blah, 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 ad nauseum, tired get, of it. Can he get the helmet on that afro? He braids it when he plays. I don't know, man. I, I, you ever seen some of them guys from the Broad Street Bullies days? They had some Jew throws <laughs> on those teams, and they managed to get some helmets over them. And hey, real quick before we uh, get into the picks. Uh, baseball playoffs. Uh, Blue Jays, Indians, made it. Cubs, Ice. made it. Ice. Ice. Dodgers and uh, Nationals. Still got to figure that shit out. Is it cold in here or is it just me? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, did you you not forget that we all picked the same shit? It it was obvious, man. I ain't taking credit for that shit. I'm the real obvious. I was going to say, at that point, that's like, you know, I got up this morning and took a piss. Ooh. Duh. <laughs> so did every other guy. Yeah, exactly. It's. <laughs> I will say that I was death on MLB for installing that one game playoff. But since they've since they've started that basically that artificial game one sixty three, those have turned into some fucking good games. Yes, they have. You're right. And they were they were fucking good games. My complaint is still. You have the teams who know they have to throw their ace out there to win that game, so that gives them a handicap when they go into the next series. 
but I mean, it's it's you can't you can't argue with the product on the field. The product on the field dictates that that was a that was a, that was a good move, you know. And as much as it chaps my ass, because I don't hate Bud Selig as much as I hate Gary Bettman, but Bud Selig is not that great of a fucking commissioner. I mean, anybody who's presided over an All Star game that ended in a tie in baseball because, oh, we used up all our bullpen. We have no more pitchers. It's like, are you fucking serious? Really? Fuck out of here. And your, your solution is, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to piss away a hundred years of tradition, and now whoever wins the All-Star game gets home field advantage in the, in the World Series? Fuck out of here. Dumbest shit ever. Well, yeah, but at the same time, though, you don't pull your ace when he's pitching a hell of a game three-quarters of the way through. Thank you, New York Mets. Well, no, man. But, I mean, if you look at, uh, oh, shit. Who is uh, Andrew Miller? What's, what team's he on? Cleveland. If you look at, if you look at uh, Andrew Miller, what they did with him, they pulled, they pulled the, Francona put him in in the fucking fifth. Francona is definitely a believer in when my starter starts to falter, I don't put in a middle reliever and wait for inning seven and eight to put in my setup man and wait for inning nine to put in my closer. Because your closer, in theory, is supposed to be your best man in the bullpen. He just goes to the best man in the bullpen right off the fucking bat. And he's done that since the, the, the when he was in Boston. And it's worked for him. I mean, first of all, who the fuck picked Cleveland to, to be in the playoffs this year at the beginning of the season anyways? Cleveland. I, I, exactly. <laughs> Homer, homers and maybe a few journalists out there that, that I, I couldn't even tell you who it was. But, you know, Frank Cohen has proven, hey, look, I can just, I can do it and I don't need to be in, I don't need to be in Boston. I, give me players I can work with and I'll get you results. Kind of. Yeah. You think but they're going to do it? Do you no. Think Cleveland's uh-uh. going to make it? No, do, do you think they're making it to the series? No. You, Toronto's going. That's who you're calling? Over Cleveland. Toronto and Chicago? That's where I, that's where my head heads. Chicago, it, it's very interesting. I saw something on TV that, that kind of solidified what I was thinking about what's been going on in Chicago the last couple seasons. Chicago has become the pre-2004 Red Sox. There was literally a documentary <laughs> called The Curse of the Bambino that was released in between the 2003-2004 season on HBO about, aw shucks, how bad luck the Red Sox are. And then the Red Sox won the World Series, and so they, re- they reshot the ending and they renamed it Reverse the Curse of the Bambino. And it drew a lot of people into the story of the Red Sox and, you know, the casual baseball fan who doesn't know their history. Well, the casual baseball fan now has that for the Cubs because there's a documentary that they played right after one of the baseball playoff games that was all about how the Cubs have been lovable losers and it's been 108 years and they did almost it was almost beat for beat what they did with the Red Sox documentary they literally using the same people they brought in Theo Epstein he cleaned house he changed the culture from the top down in that in that organization you know all of this stuff so if if Chicago is going to win Right now is their time to do it because right now they not only have their hardcore die die hard fans, but they have the attention of the casual baseball fan. 
is I've actually heard people who hardly follow baseball start talking about Chicago Cubs winning the World Series. And that's the type of talk usually I hear and I go, you don't watch much baseball, do you? (laughs) 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 You know, that's the guy that in 2006 was like, I told you we were going to the World Series for for the Tigers. And it's like, yeah, but you say that every year because you don't know shit about baseball. So, I mean, what the fuck? On a long enough timeline, you're going to be right at least once. Broken watch is right twice a day. Exactly. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, Chris, I don't know where you stand, but I'm with Earl on this one. I definitely think Troy, it's, it's Toronto's to lose in the American League and it's Chicago's to take in the National League. And who wins the whole thing? Chicago. Oh, wow. I mean, it, that'd, be some, that'd be historic shit, man. Dude, they've come way too far. They can't quit. People they can't lose. From heart attacks all over the Chicagoland area. Did you see Bob Hope? He's he posted dead. a pick. How you seen Bob Hope? Or not Bob Hope? What is Bob Newhart? Hey, but Bob Hope's dead for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, Bob Hope's posted shit on Facebook. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my tinfoil hat got in the way. No, Bob Newhart, I think it is. No, okay. He's what like seventy-eight him? years old, holding up a flag that says the W. A die-hard Cubs fan. These are people that have been waiting their entire life for this moment. Chicago can't. It's more than their their curse. It's more than their team at this point. The way they've played this season, people, they they just can't lose. If they lose, dude, I'll tell you this. There will be more heart attacks if they lose than if they win. And this is what I'm talking about. This is the type of shit I'm hearing because Major League Baseball and Chicago Cubs know that it's a good storyline. And this is this is what, what the, everything they've released the documentary during this you know how Sports Center covers them, et cetera, et cetera. This is what it's set up. It's set up for them. All they have to do is go in and finish. Because if you, now, if you really think about it, if you go back to two thousand three, that was supposed to be the Red Sox team that broke the curse, and instead they got known as the Red Sox team who had the brawl who ended up with Zimmer getting thrown to the ground. The next year is when they came back and they said, because we were so close, we could taste it, and it was snatched from our mouths in 2003. It just re-strengthened us for 2004. And that's how they, and to quote uh, Kevin Millar, that's how they had the sack to come back from 03 in the playoffs against the Yankees. So no matter how it goes, I'm just saying, Chicago, it's, it's perfectly set up for Chicago. Well, shut all the people up about that goddamn goat. I'll tell you that one. There. Fuck your goat. You won one. Let's move on now. It's 2016. Well, you know what's going to happen if they win? And to, to the documentary's credit, this was brought up. You know, Chicago's beloved because they are the lovable losers. And just like people used to, you know, have some sort of sympathy for the Red Sox now they're one of the most hated franchises in MLB because they've gotten cocky because they've won three World Series in the last 15 years so you know there is the risk of that so right now Chicago stock's pretty high so we'll see we'll see if they're able to finish it yeah we will hope maybe by by next week uh we might have a better idea of who's going to be in the World Series, but we will see. 
Shit's going late, too. I mean, October's already half over. They're just getting to this the championship series. Well, that's, I mean, part of that's because they've extended the baseball playoffs so much in the last 25, 30 years. And I think baseball is doing their best to take a page out of the NFL's playbook, and they want to extend the season as much as possible. Ten years from now, you'll be talking about that Thanksgiving Day baseball game. Well, dude, think about it. You know, in the offseason, you got the hot stove and all this shit. I didn't hear anything about that when I was a kid. I didn't hear anything about that 25 years ago. I didn't hear anything about that 20 years ago. You know, it was once once MLB saw that they looked at the NFL's template and they were like, oh, shit, it could be a year-round sport? Okay, let's do this. I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm surprised they haven't extended spring training yet. <laughs> No, see, we report the day after New Year's. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Winter, spring training. <laughs> well, I guess we're to it. We got to do the picks. All right, the picks. All right. Well, for week six, coming in at third, once again, me. But I'm up to 500. So I'm, I'm, that's my silver lining. Get the, get the same winning percentage as the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I know, right? Rich, you're, you're at 526, 41-37, if you want to know your record. And uh, the new guy, still in first, at 600, 18-12, Earl. So, Earl. Mr. That's Ice, ice by the way. <laughs> Mr. Ice to you. Iceman. French Vanilla Ice. Yeah. <laughs> Iceman, you get to pick last. So... Well, you get to pick the order we pick in. Yeah, that's uh, true. Let's go in the reverse order. Let's go in the reverse order. Three, two, one. Okay. Oh, neat. So I get to go first. All right. Thursday night football. Broncos heading into San Diego. I mean, at this point, uh, it's, it's over in San Diego. Uh, Broncos are who they are. I'm picking the Broncos. Yep, I'm going with you. I'm picking the Broncos as well. Don't think they're going to lay an egg twice. Two weeks. Yeah, this is hands down the Broncos. Uh, the Chargers are in a huge debacle. I don't know what's going on with Rivers. Uh, you, you know, with the defense like the Broncos has, it doesn't matter what's going on with Rivers. Broncos, 100%. But Rivers has thrown for like almost 400 yards like the last three games, and he almost threw for like five touchdowns last, last game. I mean, it's not him. Uh, San Diego, what's a myriad of problems if you've been paying attention to any of the games? That's no, because no, 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 no. my fantasy I quarterback. Have, but it's, it's more of a leadership question, not a talent question. Yeah. All right. Coming to the... Uh, I almost said Pontiac Silverdome. Ford Field. The surprisingly 3-2 and two L.A. Rams. Playing the typically 2-3 and three Detroit Lions. Don't everybody answer at once. Oh, yeah, that's right. I get oh, to go yeah, first. It, it, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, God. Lead us off there, Chris. Oh, boy. Uh, well, we still can't stop the run, and they got Todd Gurley. Um, Stafford versus Keenum. Justin Forsett's debut. 
We're at home. I'm picking the Rams. <laughs> yeah, um, despite Philadelphia handing that win to the Lions. And the Lions doing their best impersonation of playing hot potato. I don't want it. Here, you take it. You take it. Not a belief. Not drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm going with the Rams as well. Once again, I'm the odd man out for our home team. I am going the Lions. I don't think the Rams can sustain it. Uh, you know, they've shown it time and, and, and time again. They they had something going, but somebody changed their underwear because they've lost their, their fix. So I'm, I'm going Lions. Falcons ended the 12th man up in Seattle. I don't know. Part of me just thinks it's over in Seattle. Quite honestly. You look at their receiver core, it's like a bunch of no-name dudes. Like, when Doug Baldwin is, you know, your marquee receiver. Uh, Thomas Rawls is injured. Beastmos is gone. Like, I, I, I don't think the Seahawks are as good as their record this year. So I'm going to go with the Falcons. I guess I'm going to go ahead and go with the Falcons as well. <clears throat> really don't see any reason to pick against them at this point. Um, the only thing I would say that Seattle has as an advantage is the fact that they're up there at home with the 12th man. But I don't think that's enough. I think the Falcons Falcons are seeing a chance to make headway in the NFC South, and they're going to they're gonna go for the jugular while they can All right, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, I don't think just having Sherman back on the defense is good enough anymore. And uh, at the same time, I don't think the Falcons can can really stop much either. It's going to be a high-scoring game, but I'm going to come out ahead with uh, the Falcons. I think Julio Jones runs and has a, a career game again. All right, 49ers at the Bills. Colin Kaepernick in his afro back under center for the 49ers. At this point, Chip Kelly's probably throwing anything against the wall to see what can stick. Uh, I mean, I think the Bills' defense in the last couple games has shown that, you know, while their offense may be a shit show, their defense is not. Uh, just if you've been following them all season, I mean, r- regardless, I mean, they're 3-2. They're and two. Niners are one and four. I think the the Chip Kelly NFL experiment is going to be coming to a screeching halt here soon. Uh, picking the Bills. Yeah, I'm going with the Bills. I think 49ers are at this point, <clears throat> like you said, throwing shit at the wall, seeing what sticks. I also think it's just, it's, I mean, it's it's desperation time. They also know they're going to get headlines and still be relevant. If they lose, but if they lose with uh, Kaepernick at quarterback, so I think that's also a factor into why he's playing. So, and I never really thought Kaepernick was an elite quarterback, anyways. He was a product of Harbaugh, in my opinion. So yeah, definitely Bills. I think uh, somebody's going to steal Chip Kelly's headset and start playing the national anthem, and they're going to be three and out and all day. 
No, actually, uh, to, to be not funny, but to be serious, 49ers have suffered catastrophic losses. Uh, Navarro Bowman's gone again. He's got an injury. The defense just isn't there to stop the Bills. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bills. All right. Eagles versus Redskins. Let's be another one that's not a very long road trip. We're taking the bus to this one. Uh... I mean, I'm going to go... I'm going to play the experience card here. Also the home team card. I'm going to pick the Redskins. Carson Wentz got his first taste of losing last week. Might shake him up a little bit. I'm kind of glad that we're finally not all picking in lockstep here. Because I'm going with the Eagles. I think the Eagles are pissed off. They They know they let one get away in Detroit. And they know they were clearly the better team that played down instead of Detroit playing up to the Eagles level to beat them. So I think they got a little, little, little I think they got a little chip on their shoulder, and I think that they're going to bring it in, take it out on the, on the Redskins there. Yeah, I'm going to side with Rich there. I think uh, Carson. I think Wentz is pissed. Uh, he threw his first pick, and it's to the Detroit Lions of all people. Uh, not gonna joke about it too much more. We got lucky on a, on a what the fuck fumble, and uh, that's how that ended. Eagles come back with a vengeance. Well, let's be fair. He did. The, it was Darius Slay who picked him off, and Darius Slay being the highest paid player on that defense, he's the one that's supposed to go out there and make a play, and he did what he was supposed to do. Totally agree. So, for one game. Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. One game wonder. That's why he's going to be so pissed off when he goes to the Redskins. He's looking for something. <laughs> All right, next you got the hapless, winless Cleveland Browns heading to Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. Face the 2-3 and three Tennessee Titans. This is a loser matchup right here. I know, uh, talking about garbage. Yeah. I mean, we're going to go Titans. But Brown's first win isn't going to be on the road. Yeah, I... <laughs> just, when it comes to the Browns, you got to show me you can win. They haven't shown me that. And even though it's a garbage game, I'm right there with you. I'm going Tennessee. Terrible teams, low scoring. It's going to be a fumbleia game. Uh, Titans come out on top just by pure luck. Because I agree with you, Browns don't have the luck to win their first game on the road. All right, next Ravens heading to MetLife in East Rutherford. <coughs> Pardon me, New Jersey, taking on the Giants. Ugh. I mean, I guess I'll go with the uh, well, Ravens are two and zero on the road. Giants are uh, five hundred at home. Let's go with the Ravens. Why the fuck not? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm going with the Ravens. Not not a big believer in the Giants. Uh, we, we went over 
basically the opinion of my opinion of Eli Manning. So, yeah, I don't think Manning's leading him to any promised land. I think he's just there to manage the game, and I think he's going to manage to lose to the Ravens. So, go, go Baltimore. Uh, another game that's a shit game, just like the one previous to this one. I can't see this being anything but a, a shit show. All that being said, there is talent to go with the most talent, and that's going to be on the Giants. The receiving core is good; it's decent. He's a one-catch wonder, but he has proof. The whiny little baby. Yes, the man that can't even defeat a kicking net. Him. Well, him and the kicking net made up. He gave it a hug after uh, he scored his first touchdown in the season. So that's nice to see. I, I picked the Giants and and thinking that they are at home and they and they desperately need a win because if they lose this week it just hang it up. Wow, that's a bold statement. You're making it. All right, uh, next. Uh, well, you know what's funny is you guys talked about a couple of loser battles. Uh, the, uh, next couple games here. I mean, these are pretty. At least right now, as far as records go, these are shit matchups because you got uh, the one and four Carolina Panthers heading to New Orleans to face the one and three Saints in the battle for the basement in the NFC South. Ah. Uh, and I. See, for this one, it's, I think it's going to be dependent on Cam Newton coming back. Hey, but you got you, you got a, a arrested Drew Brees, even though he's old. Um, Panthers are undefeated on the road, but the Saints are undefeated. You know what? We're going with the Saints. They're going to get their first win at home. <coughs> well, I'm going to go the opposite direction in this one. I'm going to go with Carolina. I'm going to go with Carolina nothing more than uh, they know they fucked up on Monday Night Football. They gave that game away. They're embarrassed on the national stage. So, despite Anderson to Olsen. So, yeah, I'm going Carolina. Uh, well, Again, this is a shit matchup, but I'm going to stick with Rich on this one because Cam Newton is coming back. He did show up to his first practice since his concussion. but And Drew Brees is old, but I'm not going to base this off of the uh, offense. I'm going with defense wins games. Carolina Panthers, they need a couple of corners. However, against uh, the Saints, they don't really need to worry about their corners. So I see Panthers. All right, shit matchup number two. Soldier Field hosting the Jaguars. <laughs> Jags are one and three. Bears are one and four. Ugh. Jaguars are 0-1 away. Bears are 1-1 at home. Oh, for the love of God. Can I do hard pass? Um, <laughs> 
No, this isn't uh, pressure lock. You can't pass. I mean, you know, I'll at least... I'm a, I'm a pass my spins. I'll go with the Jags because they at least got their starters. Dude, it is a fucking shit show in Chicago. I mean, when you have former players coming out and just spewing shit all over the current team, that doesn't help. Uh, Mr. Uh, oh, shit, what's his wife's name? Mr. Cavallari. Yeah, Mr. Cavallari. I don't have any faith in him, so I'm going Jacksonville as well. Uh, it scares me because for the first time in a long time, I, 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 I'm like everything that I see and have heard and watched is telling me that the Bears are due, but I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. I think the Jaguars need to win just as bad as the Bears, but I do think like. You know, Chris said they got their starters, and I think they're going to pull it out. But it's going to be a slight victory, Jags. All right. Steelers at Dolphins. Uh, Steelers. Yeah, I'm going with Steelers on this one. Even though Roethlisberger did uh, say that, or, or was credited with, I don't know if it was accredited to him or if he actually it was on record as a quote but he did say that uh, they're getting run ragged in practice and that's part of the problem but I don't think that's going to be as big of an issue as it would be in let's say oh I don't know a team like the Lions Clubhouse so yeah Pittsburgh I have to say I'm disappointed and Damakasu the the center base for any defense paired up with someone like Cameron Lake in, in Miami and have done nothing, nothing but sit there and draw double teams and, and three different linemen to block him. You can't tell me as a coach you can't scheme somehow to get those two people open, one of them. So, yeah, it's not the players that I care about on this game. It's more the coaching. And, yeah, definitely going to take the Steelers. All right. Bengals at Pats. I mean, it's at Foxborough. Tulum's second break, game back. Ruin Pats. Yeah, I'm going Pats, too. Enough said. Yeah, we can't stretch them out anymore. It's definitely New England. A.J. Green showed that if he's going to be tested against a good team, he ain't going to show up, apparently. Thank you to, to Dallas. So, yeah, definitely Pats. Chiefs at Raiders. For some reason, I just see this being a trap game for Oakland and the Chiefs pulling this off. Hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ride that Raiders bandwagon until the wheels come off on this one. I mean, if this is the game, I don't. I don't to be honest with you, for whatever reason, I don't have any <clears throat> strong feelings one way or the other. But if this, this is the game where the wheels come off. Well, I guess I learned my lesson. If Flowers and the rest of the defensive backs for the Chiefs play like they should be playing, Chiefs will win. However, I don't see that happening. And I don't think anybody can really keep up with the speed of Amari Cooper. So, I gotta go Raiders. All right. 
Mr. Jones's team, the four and one Dak Prescott led Cowboys, at least to week seven, or week eight, pardon me, and uh, the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Uh, take on the Packers. Uh, to uh, to quote Rich from a uh, conversation early we had in the podcast, uh, I think Daddy's going to be home here, Packers. Hey, Roger's going to be like, here's, here's how you play football, son. Think it's, think, think there's going to be a clinic at Lambeau for Dak. I think the only thing going that would make that would make me pick Dallas is Ezekiel Elliott in this game. I just don't see him running wild on the Packers. And on top of that, if it goes to shootout mode, as good as Dak has been, he's not Rodgers. So I'm, I'm going with the Packers as well. Uh, you guys are forgetting about one thing, the injuries to the Packers. So with that, even at the frozen tundra, even with Rodgers, uh, Dak has something to prove. And since he can't prove it to Jerry Jones's wanting Romo back, he's got to prove it to the rest of the NFL to make a case to go somewhere else. So he's got to prove that Romo shouldn't come back, so he has to win this game. This is a must-win game for Dak Prescott, and he knows it. And I'm sorry, but I do think uh, Ezekiel, uh, Zeke, whatever, is going to run on, on the Packers. So I'm going to the Cowboys. You think he's going to run wild on the Packers? I do. I do. Okay, but okay. How many touchdowns does Zach Prescott have on or Dak Prescott have on the season? I don't know. Four? I want something like that. Granted, he hasn't thrown a pick, but I I don't know. I just if it's it, it, like I said, if it's if if it turns into a grinding running game, then I'll be completely wrong. If it's a shootout, I, I just I think Rogers will, will school him. Yeah, right now Dak has four. He's got twelve hundred thirty-nine yards, sixty-nine percent completion rating or completion percentage, and then his quarterback rating is one hundred one point five. I'm sorry, man. Those numbers are pretty good. <laughs> and yeah, for a rookie, that ain't that. That's not nothing. But, I mean, but dude, the last three games he's played, I know I'm arguing against my point here, but the last three games he's played, he hasn't had a completion percentage under seventy-one percent. So, and 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 against the Bears, it was damn near eighty percent. I mean, that's that's Tom Brady esque. Well, and they got something to prove. They're without Roman once again. There's quote America's team. Where are the Cowboys? Well, here they are. And they're playing very well. Their offensive line are moving people. There's so much that not that you could just run. You could literally drive a car through these holes. <laughs> All right. SNF. Two and three Colts. Heading to Energy Stadium in Houston, Texas. Taking on the Houston Texans. Yeah, Brock. Versus Andrew, Mr. Luck, the caveman. What are you going to call him? Um, <clears throat> oh, Jesus. Uh, this is kind of one of those flip a coin. I mean, Texans are 3-0 and at home. Uh, Colts are winless on the road. You know what? 
I'm going to say the Colts get their first win on the road. Why the fuck not? <sighs> I don't know. This is just a pure gut pick, so I have no facts to back it up, which is stupid to do, but I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to go with Houston on this one. All right. I, I know that Rich has uh, wide envy, and he misses him dearly. But that being said, Texans still have a good defense. Not a great defense. Not 100% solid defense. They, but it's good. And their offense is okay. But from what the Colts have shown me, there's no way they can beat the Texans this week. It, it would have to be one of those, like, if he, oh, he missed the kick or fumbled or what the hell were you thinking when you threw that? Uh, you know, it, for the Colts to win this game, Andrew Luck is just going to have to have one of those, here, hold my beer for a minute, moments. He's due. Well, show this me that. season, then. he's due. Give him his due. <laughs> Give him his due. <laughs> <laughs> you can't handle the truth. <laughs> All right, Monday night, the underwhelming bowl, because both of these teams definitely underperforming preseason expectations. You got the one and four injury-ridden New York Jets. Versus the two and three injury-ridden Arizona Cardinals. You got Fitzpatrick versus Stanton, huh? I mean... They keep fucking me, but you know what? I'm picking them to get win number two. Going Jets. I... uh. I just think Arizona is just coiled and waiting to pounce. And I, I think they might see this as their opportunity. Um, yeah, I just, I, I'm going Arizona on this one, going with the cards. Okay, I said it earlier in the podcast, Jet season's over, turn the lights off, save the money on the electric bill. This is done and over. Fitzpatrick has my same surname. I love it, but I'm sorry. He's got nothing to help him. Uh, Revis is gone. Decker is now gone. That that team is just shut down. Cardinals, yes, they have Drew Stanton, but they also have Larry Fitzgerald. And, I, you know, you can't, you just can't throw that away. And, and you got Peterson on the defense, leading that defense is... I, I pick Fitzgerald over Fitzpatrick this week. All right. So you're going Jets? No, I'm going no, Cardinals. I'm going, excuse me, Cardinals. Sorry, sorry my bad. He's going Number 11, the black Cardinals. guy, Fitzgerald. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to the college. Uh, Saturday, 3.30 p.m., East Lansing, Michigan. Northwestern rolling in. They're both two, two and three. And, they're both two and three. God, I want to pick state. I really want to pick state. So I guess I'm going to pick state. Yeah, I'm picking state, and it's more out of uh, uh, I, I 
selfish reasons. I just I want him to be I want him to be better than than uh, you know the the shitty record that it looks like they're going for when they play Michigan. That way, there's no excuse, and when they get stomped by Michigan, I won't have to listen to Sparty fans talk about. Well, whatever. You beat a bad team. It's what you're supposed to do. I mean, God, if they can at least get nine and three, that'd be respectable. But that that means you got to run the table from here on out. I don't see him beating Michigan. I don't see him beating. They play in Ohio State this year. I don't know off the top of my head. To be honest with you, I'd have to look the schedule up. Yeah, but uh, Chris, I, I have bad news for you. They're not getting past Northwestern. <clears throat> All right, Ice Man. Yep. I'm going to call it ice ice time. It's freezing cold. You, you all, all hometown emotion aside and and wanting the rivalry to be a good rivalry between you know U of M and MSU, MSU has quit. I've said that earlier in the podcast. They've quit. I don't know why they quit. I don't care why they quit. His, their coach hasn't figured out how to make them start again. They have quit. And... Northwestern is just like BYU was. They don't quit. They are a scrappy bunch. They come out to f- play the game. And when you take a team like that and put it against a team like MSU, who is disheartened, pissed off, has quit for the coach, you lose. You can't win that game. You can want to win it for all the reasons we've talked about. You got hometown, girls, and make the shit, but no matter how much fun it, if the players don't play, you're not going to win. Well, just just going, so you, obviously you're going to Northwestern. Yes, I am. All right, just to touch back on what Chris said. Okay, the rest of their schedule goes, they play Northwestern, they play Maryland, then the Wolverines game on the 29th, the Illini, then they play Rutgers. I mean, okay. do you think they can beat? I mean, I know we're we're jumping ahead. Do you think they can beat Rutgers? Who me? Yeah, dude, I think. Well, we yeah, saw- because Rutgers isn't a real college team yet. What I saw <laughs> Saturday, the St. Clair Shores Green Hornets could beat Rutgers. Um, and after the Scarlet Knights, there, that's when they play the Buckeyes and they play Penn State to close out the season. Oof. They are home against the Buckeyes. If that's as if that's going to make a difference this year. <laughs> that means the Spartan fans don't have far to go to drink to get home. You had a thrift store on the way home. You had a couch to burn. Be all set. <laughs> and uh, by the way, what's what's funny about this because I'm looking at it on uh, FB or, uh, football schedules, fbschedules.com. They have their schedule laid out. Obviously, this must have been from before the season started. Because after Penn State, they have them penciled in for the Big Ten championship game. That's listed on their schedule. Sorry. Yeah. What Sparty fan fucking did that is what I want to know. And uh, the big question is, do you think Harbaugh will put up 85 against the bye week? (laughs) He's going to roll up the score on the bye week. <laughs> Skip Bayless is going to say he's a classless coach. He should have shook the bye week's hand. He didn't. You know, it's just, it's just going to be ugly. 
foot on the gas pedal, never takes it off. Yeah. 127 yeah, going, to nothing. Going Michigan against the bye. <laughs> yeah, we're all picking Michigan against the bye. Players go till they hit the wall. Michigan will jump one in the rankings after the bye week. But one thing for them, I will say the top 25, you know, has they're kind of in my corner with Michigan's pretty much been at number four and stayed there because I think they are taking into account that Michigan has, as far as ranked teams, they've only beat Wisconsin so far. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's a legit point. And as a Michigan fan, but not a slappy, I, I, I I'm still saying it. I'm, dude, I'm still screaming. I, I I'm telling you, trap game, October 29th. Michigan better go in there, and they better do exactly what fucking Earl says. They better go in there with their foot on the gas and not let up. That game, that game, you keep your starters in. I don't care how far ahead you get. That's right. You do not let them get any daylight, any hope of daylight. Well, so. not just that. You don't ever play a game to be nice to the other team. I'm no. tired of that shit. You that play to win that, the game. Right. That comes with that millennial bullshit of, well, all right, you're winning. Stop. Yeah, don't rub no. your... Don't, that's, that is a microaggression. You're, don't rub that you're winning in my face. No, that's sports. Look what happens. I'm not rubbing it in your face. I'm still playing the game. <laughs> I, I played on little league game. I played in uh, little league games where the fucking game ended three innings before it should have because they enacted the mercy rule. I, I'll tell you this: they got up more if, than ten runs, they called the game. Like, all right, you guys suck. We're calling it. You know, now they'd be like, "Well, we don't want the kids on that team to feel bad. We don't want them to feel. You know, we're going to let them finish the game. No, no, that wouldn't happen nowadays." I'll tell you like this. If Michigan walked over and the entire team of the Wolverines walked over with their dick out, started pissing on Rutgers, then I would tell you it was poor sportsmanship. (laughs) It would have been awesome just to see that it happened once. Here's how I feel about this. And I think it's it's a very – I feel like I'm justified in feeling this way. The minute you have to try out for a team – the minute you can't pay to play is the minute mercy rules go out the window. It's the minute when running up the score goes out the window. Because at that point, you're picking the best of the best that is offered to you. And it's your job to take the best of the best that's been offered to you and do something with them. You're not saddled with, with, with players and kids whose parents bought their spot on the team. That's how come I didn't. When I, when I played Little League... And after my third year of Little League, I didn't go out for a fourth year, frankly, because I had one of the assistant coaches tell me, to be honest, you have a high baseball IQ, you see the game well, you're not athletic and, and good enough to, 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 to play the game at the level that we need, we're going to need you to play at when we start actually, you know, picking teams, when you have to try out, when you have to make the team. So, yeah, fuck it. I don't want to hear any crying. And believe me, as a Michigan fan, I've suffered for the last 10 years, and there's been times that people are like, oh, they, they disrespected Michigan. No, Michigan disrespected them fucking selves. Mm-hmm. That product on the fucking field. That's what they fucking did. So, I know I know that, you know, ooh, you're not supposed to hurt another team's feelings. You know what? You're a big yes, boy. Yes, you are. You're a big boy. 
Exactly. If your feelings get hurt, that's your problem. What do we if say? If feelings get hurt, take a home ec class and go sit down. I mean, what, what, what did we say last week? You know what the Marines say? The more you sweat in peace, the less you bleed in war. Well, I guess you need to go back and sweat some more in practice because you're bleeding all over the place on the field when it's game day. Yeah, and you're bleeding down to your pussy. Stop. And I'm gonna, Donald Trump's going to grab you by that pussy. <laughs> no, I am 100% with this. I can't stand the participation trophies. I can't stand the fact that people think that you have to be nice to the other team. That you, you, you don't play to win, you uh, play to be fair. Uh, it drives me nuts, man. My the school my nephew goes to, all the sports there pay to play. It doesn't matter. You know, he plays on the baseball team, and uh, my sister was telling me he got recruited by the coach playing the soccer team. Then I find out all the shit's pay to play, and I'm like, oh, I fucking hate that. You know, and and, and I'll I'll hand it to my folks. They're not fans of it either because it's it's like. No, that's that's one of the first lessons you learn in life, especially if you're a dude, if you got a cock. All right, it's one of the first lessons you learn in life is whether or not you're good at sports. It teaches you sometimes people are good at some things and sometimes they're not. Rich, you had somebody tell you out and out like, "Hey, man, you're not you, you know you don't have athletic ability." I learned it through like I kept going out for all these sports teams and trying and not making it and trying and not making it. And eventually, by like I don't know by by about high school, I figured out, hey, you know what, sports aren't going to be my thing. And then, you know, it enabled me to challenge energies and other things, and I found out I was good at things. But this pay-to-play bullshit, man, it's not how it fucking works, man. Well, one uh, one of the main things sports does that we've taken away from kids, and this is really our fault as adults, I can't put the blame at the kids' feet, is sports teaches you how to lose. Yes. Because in life, you're going to lose a whole lot. But it also teaches you how to win gracefully as well. It teaches you to not be like, yeah, that's right. Uh, you, you know? Well, I mean, in theory, but I mean, when we used to go up and down the line, good game, good game, it was most of the time, suck my dick, kiss my ass, fuck <laughs> oh, you. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, Your mother's fuck, fuck, <laughs> yeah. fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah, or, cool, fuck, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> or when they killed us, they'd be like, good game. We'd be like, yeah, right. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't need Cheater. Yeah. Oh, no, that's that. We'd just be like, yeah, we know. It, teams I was on would be like, yeah, we know we got our ass kicked. Don't tell us good game. Like, it, that was the kind of attitude. Good game. It was a good game for you. No, you're absolutely right, Rich. It teaches you how to lose. It teaches you that you're not a loser. It doesn't mean that you suck. It just means today wasn't your day. Today, you weren't good enough. We need to practice. We need to go work out. We need to get better. We need to come back and dominate. It teaches you how to build from a loss. Not that you're a loser and your feelings are hurt and, oh, my God, you're a little bitch. No, it says today wasn't the right day. Today, your effort wasn't good enough. Your best that you put out there, that you you didn't hold back, you gave it your all, it just wasn't good enough. Let's go back. Let's build. Let's work together. Come back and just dominate. And then that applies to so many other areas in life. And Rich, you know as a musician, man, that that applied directly to being in a band. You know, especially in things like battles of, ban- battles of the bands or just important shows. You know, you, you knew that if you put on a half-assed show, that you knew it was because you had maybe like 
two rehearsals in the last month. And that's why you put on a half-assed show. And you want to put on a good show, you got to have two rehearsals a week. And you got to fucking be able to do that shit in your sleep. You know, if you lost a battle of the band, you know, same shit. They brought it more than you did. And you know what? Next battle of the band that you're in, you got to bring it a little better. Because you did not bring it all. Well, I used to say this all the time when I was in bands. And for the most part, I stick by it. The older I got, the less it happened. But the younger I was, the more I, the more I believe this. You could really tell usually how, how good of a bandmate you were going to have based on if he played sports or not. Meaning, is he going to understand that it's not all about him? And is he going to be willing to work as a team? I mean, it's the same thing with it's the same thing with the military. I mean, you know, the military removes I from your vocabulary and inserts we in there. And, that, you know, it's constantly pounded in your head. You're only as strong as your weakest link. Absolutely. Uh, you know? Yep. And... I remember being in bands with guys who never played a sport, never were used to being told that, you know, hey, you know, they go, I'm doing my best, and they've never been told, that's nice, but your best isn't good enough. You need to do something different. You need to try a different way of giving your best because this way of giving your best, you've just been doing it, and all you've been doing is, is just running in circles. And they couldn't take it. They couldn't handle it. Um, and, I mean, you know, I, I, I've... I remember we were, you know, one gig, it was a big gig, and we had a member who was kind of flipping out and getting a little anxious, and I pulled him aside and tried to talk to him, and he, he blew me off and was like, oh, well, what do you think this is, a fucking Disney movie? You're going to give me a rah-rah speech? We're going to go win one for the Gipper? And I just kind of looked at him and shook my head, and I was like, all right. And he went up there, and he played like absolute shit. And when we got off stage, I tried to tell him, now, do you understand what I was trying to do? I was trying to get you out of the mindset of you were going to fuck up. Because if that's what you're concentrating on, and that's what you believe, that's what's going to happen. If, I, if every time I went up to bat, I said, I'm going to fucking strike out, well, then, if that's my mindset walking in there, what the fuck am I doing there in the first place? I don't need to be playing that sport. You don't go to work. I, I really hope if I ever have to have open heart surgery, my surgeon isn't the type of sitting around going, well, I'm going to kill three people today. Just, just, <laughs> Jesus, yeah. I feel death. In, I feel death in my hands today. It's just gonna. Right. It's just, whoever's on the schedule, sorry, I might as well just send their family flowers ahead of time. No, it's a self fulfilling prophecy, man. No, and Rich, I know you don't have it. Have uh, ESPN or anything, but Chris, I don't know if you've seen this commercial. It, and this goes straight to our point. Jason Witten is sitting there telling about all of his career accomplishments. And he says, and that is how I earned this hat. And it pans over to a new millennial who goes, I, I just went to NFL.com. <laughs> I've seen the Jason, commercials about earning the, the, the jersey, not the hat, but yeah, I've seen this. Oh, yeah, for, from Drew Brees. And, but the look on Drew Brees and, and Witten's face is like, they want to pop that kid so goddamn hard. <laughs> Like, okay, so you bought the hat, but it doesn't mean you earn that motherfucker. <laughs> okay, so you have the jersey, but you don't have what it stands for. And I think that goes straight to our point. The kids in today's society are are owed that jersey. They're owed the contracts of millions of dollars. You see it with Odell Beckham. 
He's owed that. He's supposed to make that one-handed catch. He needs that contract, you know, and it, and you can't do that. You can't have a mentality that you're owed something because now in the league where, where flags aren't being thrown by the dozen, you know, people are popping the shit out at you, and what are you doing? You're going back to your coach and crying. You're going to the kicking net and then picking a fight you can't win. All right. All well, right. that being said, holy shit, longest show ever. That's all right. Three and a half hours, yeah. Yeah, three and a half hours. This would be fun to fucking edit. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's thanks for everybody who has downloaded. Thanks to all the new listeners who are available on iTunes. Remember, on iTunes, listening, just half the battle. You got to rate. You got to comment. Uh, on Facebook, like and share it. Uh, uh, we're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. Uh Twitter at Sporgy Podcast, Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Uh, yeah, uh, we got to figure out how to do callers. Uh, uh, isn't that the, the piece of sports talk puzzle we're missing? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I tried to, I tried to to, uh, to bounce it off my one buddy to do a bit where he calls in every week and just says all of the sports calls cliches. <laughs> he said he would do it, but then I didn't follow up on it. I was like, yeah, dude, your character could just be typical sports talk caller guy. You know? And you always end up with, I'm going to hang up and listen. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, I'm going to live up to my new nickname. You guys are going to get a hundred different texts telling you I called it. All right, thanks, man. All right, guys, later. All right, guys. Later, guys. Peace. If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you for listening Christopher Media let's make some noise thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net